This podcast is a member of the Place to Be Nation family. Visit us at placetobenation.com, the only place to be in your pop culture world. Well, that is, that is just one tremendous gentleman there, Bob Costas, to be doing the introductions for this big main event. This is what I think of rock and roll, Gene. It will be one fall with a one-hour time limit. And introducing first, the challenger from Glasgow, Scotland, weighing 233 pounds, Roddy, Roddy Piper. Gather together from the cosmic reaches of the universe. Here in this great hall of justice are the most powerful forces of good ever assembled. The last of the titans. In the passion and death of their struggle, the very art that had raised them to such Olympian heights was lost. Their techniques vanished. Hulk Hogan and Mr. Key were in Rocky Three together. That's the ticket. It won't be catapulted, both of them. The stardom. The Varsity crowd still on its feet. Oh, I'm sure they will remain that way through the entirety of this box. I cannot believe it. We have got action. Oh, they're on it. It's underway. Hello. And welcome to Titans of Wrestling, and welcome to the second part of our retrospective on Rowdy Roddy Piper. I'm joined once again by Johnny Sorrow. How are you doing, Johnny? I'm doing good. And also Marty Slees. How are you, Marty? Most excellent. Yeah, so last time we looked at Piper's early years in wrestling, so we got uh, basically a decade in, 1973 to 1983. We looked at his start in uh, Winnipeg, in the AWA. We looked at his run in L.A., his run in Portland, uh, in the Carolinas, in Georgia. Uh, I think we covered it pretty well, had a great time. Um, so today, that was kind of like, last episode, I guess, was like the appetizer, right? Um, a lot of good mm-hmm. stuff. Um, but today we're getting into the real main course, um, the, the stuff that he's most famous for on a wide scale, national scale. Um, firstly, of course, his legendary run TNA. (laughs) (laughs) Don't spoil it, Johnny. Um, president of WCW. (laughs) (laughs) I was going to say his movie career, but whatever. Uh, Um, Wife Swap? It's Wife Swap. That was a great episode. <laughs> it's the only episode I ever watched of that show. Um, but the first time I watched Wife Swap, believe me, I was sorely disappointed. Just leave it at that. <laughs> it, at that. it is a very misleading title. Um, 
imagine if that's uh, never mind. Okay, so of course, firstly, we'll be looking at his legendary run in the WWF from '84 to '87. Uh, basically, you know, this was what made him a megastar. Um, he was part of the explosion of WWF at that time. Um, second only to Hulk Hogan, I would say, of course, at that point, and very important to the whole success of the company. And from there, he retired. He was quite young. It was 1987, and he went into the movies. So I think we're going to have to touch on that part of Piper's career uh, briefly, maybe maybe a little longer. We'll see. <laughs> you guys take as long as you want, but I won't, I won't have much to add, but feel free to go at it. Well, yeah. it'd be... Yeah, something. It, it it it's there's so much. It'd be like trying to describe the career of Sir Lawrence Olivier. You know? <laughs> it, it, it's just it can't be done. It's true. It should be its own standalone podcast. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> we'll do the abridged version uh, tonight. And then he made a comeback in the late '80s and '89 for the WWF as a babyface. And then he had a, a rebirth in 1996. Uh, a lot of guys from the 80s had rebirths uh, around this time in WCW. And uh, that was another big um, part of his career. Uh, rebirth rebirth or resuscitation? <laughs> yes. Um, it's controversial, for sure, uh, his work at that time. Uh, we touched on it a bit in the first episode. This was the era that Marty first encountered uh, Mr. Piper. So he'll have a lot to say about that era. Um, yeah. And then, of course, for the last uh, 10, 15 years, he had various comebacks uh, with WWE, uh, TNA, as Johnny mentioned. So we'll, we'll touch on that, too, for sure. So first up, well, we left off in January 1984. He was finishing up in the Carolinas after a long, successful run there. And... At this time, well, this was when Vince McMahon finally decided to expand beyond the Northeast and start uh, basically invading other parts of the United States. Uh, his first big show was in St. Louis, mm-hmm. uh, December 27th, the day after Backlund lost the title to the Iron Sheik. Uh, December 27th, uh, they did their first show at the old Chase Hotel Ballroom, the famous uh, location in St. Louis. Very symbolic. Um, that was, of course, the at one time the crown jewel city of the NWA. And Hulk Hogan re-debuted at that taping. And then about a week or so later, in Allentown, uh, Roddy Piper made his first appearance on WWF TV. And he came in as a manager and also a sometimes wrestler. Now... The Grand Wizard, who had been a longtime manager in uh, New York, had died in October 1983, and apparently they, the, the the original idea for Roddy Piper was to kind of use him to replace the Grand Wizard as the third manager. Um, he had done managing uh, before in other promotions, so and Piper or Vince uh, didn't really see him as a main event talent like he had been in in the other territories. Thought he was a bit too small. So the in- initial idea was to use him as a manager and to use him kind of in a tag role with the guys he managed. And so at this taping in Allentown, he's managing Dr. D. David Schultz, um, someone who had been around quite a bit. 
And Paul, Mr. Wonderful Orndorff. Yeah. And also, do you know the third man he was managing when he first started? Oh, I've, I know what. I read it somewhere, but I totally forgot. But yeah, who is it? He was managing Big John Stud, too. Uh-huh. That's right. Yeah, yeah, I read yeah. that somewhere. I did see that on the, the, well, the history of the WWE. Yeah. He managed him for about a good four or five months, actually. Um, so he kind of had this stable going on. Bob Orton would arrive about two or three months later and, and be part of that, too. And basically, his first matches in the WWF, he was teaming with Schultz a lot. Um, yeah. And he didn't have any singles matches on TV. And actually, later, when he gets pushed real hard as the top heel, he wouldn't wrestle singles um, on TV much at all. And so which is also which is also one of the uh, things that uh, leads up to the uh, we'll talk about the uh, the infamous Rick Rick McGraw match. Yep, yep, exactly. I just actually I just watched that literally five minutes before we started uh, the call today. Um, <laughs> that's great stuff. So yeah, a lot of uh, tag matches with Schultz. Um, I want to mention a couple right off the bat. Um, one is is pretty obscure. Uh, it was against the team of the Invaders, who were a masked tag team at the time. Um, Jose Gonzalez was uh, the one Invader, and I'm not sure who the second Invader was, but they were in uh, the WWF in 1983, kind of a you know a JTTS jobber to the stars tag team. But they have a match with Piper and Schultz at the uh, February '84 MSG show. That's actually really yeah. good. No, I've I've seen that. Yeah, they, they were. I, I don't remember ever seeing the Invaders on television, on like on like Saturday morning TV. Hmm. Like they just used them. Uh, I think I mean, you're right. I think they only wrestled kind of at the Garden, maybe in yeah. Philly to Boston. Um, yeah, I mean, I mean, who knows? I'm, you know, it's not like I, I remember every single show, but right. they were not a featured thing. Yeah. Uh, they were uh, they were definitely a live crowd. They, they were over as hell in New York. Yeah, yeah, I bet. Um, I, I have seen the results go back to like July, maybe even June 83 in MSG. So they were definitely doing MSG shows a lot before then. Um, but this is just a fun tag match. Like Piper's really good in it. Work, it shows a lot of ass, um, early on to them. Uh, they shot, the invaders get a good shine in and it's actually a, a somewhat long match. It's, it's not short. Uh, Marty, have you ever seen this one? No, I haven't seen this one, but I've seen some other, uh, Roddy Piper um, tag matches with Dr. D. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Um, I would recommend checking that one out for sure. It's... Uh, they, it's uh, Piper did not like David Schultz. No, apparently not. Not at all. He, he liked Dorndorf. Uh, no, so he did not like Schultz in real life, so that probably explains one of the reasons why that didn't last very long. Hmm. I mean, if David Schultz is anything like he, if he was anything like his character in real life, I don't see why many people would like him. I would. He's a goddamn <laughs> real man. <laughs> he built that. He, I, I said, yeah. he built that yeah. house with his bare, with my bare yeah. hands. He did. Bare <laughs> hands. You know, he, he's he's on the list to be on. He was on the list to be on the space shuttle. 
<laughs> really? Yeah, the poor guy has a Is wife still- who wears a rope for a belt. I mean. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, well you know, uh, Bret Hart always had, like, uh, in his book at least, Bret Hart just talks about David Schultz being, like, just the greatest guy in the world. So Right. Well, he spent a lot of time in Stampede in the yeah. early 80s, so they would have got to know each other. I don't think Piper and Schultz, I don't think their paths had really crossed prior to uh, the WWF. So that was me. He's still alive in case anybody ever wanted to interview him for Titans of Wrestling. <laughs> that would be someone we could maybe get. You never know. Yeah, I, it, I don't yeah, think anybody's yeah. interviewed him since John Stossel. I, I, was about to say, <laughs> I was about to say, get him on the podcast. I'm like, you know, I think it's fake. His hand comes through the, through the microphone and smacks the shit out of me. <laughs> it, would, it would be the it would be the quickest podcast in record uh, on record yeah. PTBN feed. Yeah, <laughs> yes, and, and, and then it cut to me looking all hurt and Barbara Walters looking horrified. <laughs> uh, we'll try and make that happen, folks. Um, the most famous match they had as a team, I would say, was at the following MSG show uh, March against Andre the Giant and Jimmy Snuka. Um, this one is on various tapes. It's pretty famous. Um, it's famous uh, uh, for Andre um, actually selling a lot for Piper. Um, Andre liked Piper, and you know if Andre liked you, he he would you know do a uh-huh. lot for you. And this made Piper look pretty credible um, against a big guy, right? Pi- uh, Andre blades. He actually gets taken back to the dressing room at one point, and then makes the dramatic return with the bandages. Uh, Spirit of 76 style um, at the end of the match when it's a two-on-one against Snuka. Um, this one is a, a pretty fun match, really heated heated atmosphere. This was before the famous coconut incident, too. Um, so this wasn't part of that feud with Snuka. Oh, was that? Because I've seen that match, but I didn't know it was before the coconut. Yeah, it was a couple months, actually, before the, the coconut angle. Um yeah, so this was a pretty high-profile match uh, right off the bat for Piper to go against those two guys um, at MSG. That was, you know, pretty much outside of Hogan. Uh, that would have been your two top baby faces there for the WWF at that time. Um, Big-time star power. Uh, so, yeah, that's a fun match. And, and then, you know, the team with Schultz, it kind of goes off and on for a while. Um, for the rest of the year, there's a lot of six mans uh, with him, uh, Schultz and Orndorff against um, Rocky Johnson, Tony oh, Atlas. yes. And I think Putzky's usually the third man, or often yeah. the, the third. Or man. or SD Jones. SD uh, Jones, yeah. Uh, I've seen a, a theme here. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> now let me, I'll just interject. Uh, look some of these up, kids. If you want to see, uh, if you want to watch wrestling now and go, I think that was racist. Uh, watch this stuff and get a real appreciation for some good old fashioned in your face racist shit. Yeah. Uh, there's one in particular. I think it's uh, at the it's at the, for match of the garden. Uh, and in the previous uh, promo with the, with the good guys, uh, Tony Atlas goes says he goes, Roddy Papa, it's my birthday. You know, and I'm going to celebrate by whooping your ass. And uh, they're doing their thing. And 
Dr. D. David Schultz. In fact, now that you can almost see Piper, who Piper would often use the race card. Mm-hmm. At this point, even he looks over at Schultz like, oh, really? Uh, <laughs> he goes, uh, he's like, Tony Atlas, did I hear that it was your birthday? He's like, well, back where I come from, boy, we took boys like you on their birthday out behind the barn and give them a whooping. <laughs> and I was like, whoa. <laughs> Holy shit. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, they, they, I, they, they did a lot of those six mans. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that was uh, a big part of Piper's first uh, half year yeah. were the six men and a lot, just a ton of tags. Um, I don't think he wrestled a singles match. His first televised singles match wasn't until May against Ivan Putsky at the Garden, and that was shown on TNT. Uh, no... Uh, no singles matches on uh, the regular Saturday TV until October. Um, and that was against the Tonga Kid in a, in a match that was an angle. So uh-huh. so no matches against job guys ever. So he was he was set apart from uh, everyone else on the heel side, basically right from the get-go almost. And basically we should probably get into it now because the reason he was set apart uh, mm-hmm. was because of the Huge popularity of the talk show segment, Piper's Pit, which uh, debuted at the end of January. Um, So only a few weeks after he started in the territory. Um, The segment was called, at that point, Victory Corner. And it was hosted by someone named Robert DeBoard. Now, to go back a bit further to 1982, the original segment, talk segment on on WWF-TV, was Rogers Corner. Rogers Corner. And yeah. on Titans of Wrestling in the uh, 1982 timeline, we're getting close to uh, this <laughs> happening. It started in September 1982, and I'm pretty excited because I've only seen bits and pieces of these. Um, I know Buddy, uh, and of course the the Rogers in question was Buddy Rogers, the original Nature Boy, um, super charismatic star in the 50s and 60s. Um, but I've seen, from what I've seen of the Rogers corner, he plays it pretty straight. Um, and I don't know if it makes for the best TV, uh, but he started in uh, September, 1982 doing Rogers corner and he did it up until November 83. And at that point, he, uh, one story I read just today was that he hurt his hip in a match in a tag match with uh, Snuka. And he was scheduled to do a bunch of other tag matches with Snuka against Morocco and Albano. And those didn't happen, and, and Rogers kind of just vanished at this point. And so in his place... Well, and, and also, they uh, Rogers at the time, uh, he was given uh, given Jimmy Snuka to uh, try to maybe uh, be his handler, yeah. basically. Yeah. Uh, and turned around to Vince after a while and goes, no, um, I'm not driving that guy around anymore. I, I want nothing to do with uh, all those drugs. That's right. That was legit. Yeah. Like he was yeah. he was his manager on screen and also his uh, supposed to be kind of his caretaker yeah. behind the scenes. But, well, and Rogers had come back to the WWF because he was basically broke and, and needed uh, the money. Right. And so, yeah, the, it's. It, it was kind of, it's an interesting story that hasn't really been looked at too much. Um, you know, this legendary wrestler came back in 1983, 82, 83. But anyway, he left um, the editor of Victory Magazine, which was the initial um, title for the WWF-produced wrestling magazine. 
that would become WWF magazine uh, in 1984. Um, so this guy, Robert DeBoard, was the actual editor of the magazine, apparently. Um, I looked it up earlier. He died in uh, 2008 at the age of 60 of a heart attack. Um, so this was, I don't know, I, this guy is, 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 is not uh, a very uh, charismatic presence to say the least. No, he is not. <laughs> heaven, heaven needed a champion. Just... Yeah. So he actually hosted two months worth of Victory Corners. Um, I, I've never seen any other ones other than the initial one where he passes off to uh, Piper in the first one. <laughs> so. And if I recall correctly, the Victory magazine uh, was not available on newsstands. It was something you only could get at uh, at live shows. Oh, okay. Yes, I believe you're right. Yeah, you, yeah, yeah, that's what it was. You'd get them at live shows, yeah. and they'd have an insert yes. uh, of that night's card on a separate piece of paper in each one of those, and that was your program. Yeah, yeah, I believe you're right. I think there was only two, maybe three issues, and then it became... WWF magazine. Um, so anyway, yeah. So Piper takes over. Uh, the, the date of the first Piper's Pit was January 24th. So a day after Hogan had defeated the Iron Sheik uh, at the Garden, this other iconic moment, you know, happened uh, a day later. And the first one is he's interviewed by DeBoard. He's... he's well, he says that he's he's, he's going to have a column in the magazine. Yeah. And, yes. But it already says Piper's Pit. Like, there's already the the crest on the back that says Piper's Pit. Um, like, the show's already his, but it's kind of oddly not really talked about in that way on the in the segment. Anyway. Right. So, anyway, this was the end of Robert DeBoard. Never to be seen on TV again, I don't think, after this. <laughs> <laughs> and Piper takes over, and... Immediately, it's it's pretty crazy. Um, there's a YouTube channel called um, All Out of Bubblegum, and it's a great great channel. It's devoted entirely to Roddy Piper, and he or the whoever um, puts up the videos put up 122 Piper's pits and put them in chronological order. And I, I started from one and got to like 36 or so. So I watched a lot of the 1984 stuff. And yeah, there's a lot of you know ones that are just totally forgettable, but there's a lot of crazy ones that don't get talked about. Um, I like the ones that he did with uh, Tony Atlas and Rocky Johnson, and yeah, then later later just Rocky Johnson on his own, which erupts into a big brawl. Um, yeah, some really great stuff, Johnny. You would have been seeing these, you know, yeah, as it they was, happened. Yeah, it, it 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 became what you what you tuned in for. Because there was nothing but jobber matches on, so uh, if you missed the beginning of wrestling, you know it didn't matter. It was just so long as you get get it on in time to watch Piper's Pit, because it was the only thing where that was new or anything that where there was drama happening or it was funny or you know it was crazy and different than anything that ever been on uh, WWF television. And I believe didn't he do it? Down in Georgia as uh, Piper's Palace uh, on oh. TV down there. I believe he did as a babyface. I, I remember reading that somewhere. Oh, maybe he did. That's something I, if I've heard it. I, I yeah. But, uh, yeah, uh, there's the famous ones, of course. We get to the, the most mm-hmm. famous ones. But these early ones uh, have uh, 
a couple of Andre ones, you know, the, the, yeah. when Andre jacks him up and yeah. he, he gets off the, don't throw rocks at a man with a machine gun. Mm-hmm. And one of my favorites is when the Briscoes uh, came to WWF uh, after they sold uh, their uh, their uh, portion of yeah. uh, the TBS show to Vince. They got that run. And uh, I hadn't seen this one since it aired. I forgot. They're just supposed to sit in there looking at Piper. Discussed that he's like, here we have the greatest uh, Indian athletes ever, and he's like, hi, how are you? Hi, how are you? <laughs> I was like, oh, so and, and there's a like, if you say you can get us a match, and why don't you get up there and get us one of them matches, boy? <laughs> I guess Adonis and Murdoch. And uh, I hadn't seen this since it aired. I was like, oh, that was good stuff. Uh, I remember being like, that was uh, one of the more exciting ones that's been forgotten about. Yeah. Yeah, um, your your favorite childhood favorite Tony Gurria was featured on a couple yes. of these, the early yes. ones, and he actually gets the better of Piper in like a verbal exchange. Which I was I was proud of Tony. You know, yeah. we've been watching a lot of Tony Gurria over the years, and uh, damn straight, it's Tony goddamn Gurria. Yeah, he's not gonna take shit. No, he see that hair? See that hair on that man? Well, that was going on. Piper was intimidated by his hair. That's a real man with a real head of hair. Let me tell you what. Yeah, no, it, it was. Oh, I was thinking of this. It was, and it was with Brian Blair. Yeah, it Kelly, yeah. It's, it was Kelly and Johnny on Piper's Pit. Yeah, yeah there. Uh, the, that was Gurria's last attempt at trying to recapture the the tag titles with uh, B. Brian Blair, which it was surprising. He was actually B. Brian Blair right from the beginning. I thought that B was added later when when they started the Killer Bees team. No, 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 no. He was B Brian Blair there, and then he was B Brian Blair in uh in uh, Florida. Oh, okay. I thought he was just Brian Blair. Pri- nope, uh, it's always B Brian. Really? Okay. See, I thought the yeah, B was added always. for just overkill with the bees with the Killer Bee thing, but no, no. Huh? Well, yeah, that was, I was surprised by that. Anyway, back to Piper's Pit, Marty. Uh, your thoughts on some of these? Uh, uh, I I thought uh, the one that nobody talks about that I thought was really funny was uh, Ivan Putski mm-hmm. singing in the Polish. I thought he did a great job. I wanted to sing along in Polish with him. I just didn't know what he was saying. <laughs> and I he thought I thought he, he did he a really know. good job, like you know, interacting with Piper. Yeah, he, Marty, Marty, he didn't know what he was saying. <laughs> he probably didn't. It was, and then just the Polish power at the end. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. Parv needs to watch this. Because yeah. that was real Polish Polish power. Yeah, He's I mean, making fun of him with his little Polish power. Yeah, I like Ivan Putski now. That was like the first time I've ever heard him speak. So. Right. You got guys like Ivan Putski coming out here and singing their songs. <laughs> I, I, I just oblivious. Putski is just oblivious. He's, yeah. like, he's not even really getting angry at Piper. He's just give me the microphone. I'm going to sing a song. Yeah. Uh, I think that, and I think that's such a great way to interact with Piper. It's like, you know what? Yeah, you say your shit and I'm just going to have some fun now. I think it was an outside-the-box approach by the by the Polish power. Well... Uh, who else? Yeah. I liked when he interacted with the heels. Uh, especially uh, uh, Frey Blassie and Ivan, uh, Iron Sheik giving him a car. Uh, Dick Murdoch was funny. Down in Texas, uh, mm-hmm. riding the side saddle with the skirt. Yeah. Yeah, uh, yeah. yeah. Uh, uh, oh, the Barry Windham was one was good. Did anybody watch the Barry Windham one? No. Oh, he's uh, making fun of Barry Windham for kind of looking feminine with the long blonde hair and being kind of pretty. And so Barry Windham threw it right back in his face with the whole skirt thing. 
Well, you know what? He has a point. Barry Wyndham was a very pretty, pretty man uh, yeah. back then. Yeah, you know, he was. He was. Yeah. Oh, the Tonga Kid ones were good. Tonga Kid kept mm-hmm. interrupting uh, us. Yeah. Those were. Those were. Well, we'll get to those. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because that's a large part of the larger story, and yeah. those were. Yeah. Because it wasn't at first. Well, the, the, the Tonga Kid wasn't the first Samoan to to get up on, in Piper's face about what happened with, with him mm. and Snooka. And that's, uh, yeah, oh yeah, there's a, that, that's a part of a larger story and, and one that is my favorite. So, mm-hmm. and one, um, that you didn't mention Marty is the one with Greg Valentine where, yeah. and we ended the last show talking about the, the feud with Valentine and the dog collar match. And in this Piper's pit, you know, they actually acknowledge, you know, you know, beating around the bush kind of that, they had a feud in in Crockett. Of course, they don't mm-hmm. name it. And then they they do the makeup thing, which was I I didn't see this until you know the YouTube years uh, just a few years ago. So I didn't know. Yeah, I, I didn't see this one when it aired either. And when I saw because that was one of those things in WWF they ignore whatever happened. Yeah. Back in '84, they still acknowledged uh, yeah. certain things. Yeah. And talk yeah. about uh, stuff. Yeah. You know, they talk about world class. Yeah. Uh, and Piper would often, you know, acknowledge stuff that went on, uh, with the Briscoes one. He's like, you know, you're the world, you've been the world tag team champions before. And, mm-hmm. and now, but now you're here, you know, so, you know, so they do, they do mention all that, but yeah, the, the way Piper and Valentine are just willing to just let it all go. That's mm-hmm. so wrestling. Yeah. <laughs> it was cool that they, they, they've tied that loose end up just for the, the fans out there that did know about the Carolinas and, or, you know, right. the, for the magazines basically would have known that. And it, it, um, I always wondered about that too, as a kid, um, not knowing about this segment, you know, how come they, they were able to keep apart from each other in the WWF if they hated each other so much, um, in the Carolinas to the well, point. It, it, take, it takes a great man like Captain Lewis. <laughs> yeah. Now. Yes. Peacemaker. To be, he's a, Captain Lewis. I was like, we should send him to the Middle East. <laughs> and if, if Captain Lou Albano can bring peace between Roddy Piper and Greg Valentine only a year after they murdered each other with a chain <laughs> and, and I mean, the man is a, is a possible miracle worker. Yeah. And he does he it here. He raised Cindy Lauper from the streets of. Uh, he did. The superstardom. Yeah. She, she was going to be nothing. He he wrote time after time. And girls <laughs> just want to have fun. Tell them, Cindy. <laughs> yeah. Oh, and one last thing about the Piper Valentine one. It's great that they're they're doing this love fest while they're getting pelted with garbage from the. Oh, the totally. <laughs> It's, it just makes it uh, with the garbage getting thrown at them. It's awesome. Um, okay, well, um, well, one thing about uh, the Piper's Pits uh, is that they were totally unscripted, basically, um, outside of, like, bullet points and, like, get over the angle, get over this match at the next show, whatever. So most of these were just, you know, you were just flying. Oh, right. Unless they were, yes, unless they were meant to be, okay, this is where we're going to start something yeah a lot of them were just like you know you know some guys like okay uh it's your turn you're you're on piper's pit yeah uh, who do i got this week vince uh salvatore Valomo. <laughs> uh, okay you know i'm sure they weren't told what to say at all just just when it needed to be done i wonder who had the idea to put frankie williams on there um <laughs> 
Mm-hmm. Like uh, when I've heard Piper tell it, he kind of just was like, oh, he, he arrived at the tapings that day and they, they told him this, this guy's going to be on the show. Like it wasn't his idea at all. It seems like something he would have thought up or something. But uh, I guess it's uh, probably Vince. You know, Vince probably yeah. wanted to give him Frankie. <laughs> just to see what would happen. And it's, it's a beautiful thing. Well, as you pointed out, the, the, the last show that Piper actually wrestled Frankie Williams uh, when he made his garden debut. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I seriously doubt anyone actually remembered it. <laughs> no, I'm sure neither man, neither Roddy or Frankie. I don't think either fucking remembered it. You know, yeah, maybe, I did, uh, neither at all. <laughs> but maybe that explains Piper's exasperation with the yeah. whole situation. <laughs> you again. <laughs> you know? Oh, yeah, no, no, yeah, you. Well, what you just said. So who do I got today, Vince? Oh, Frankie <laughs> Williams. Are you fucking kidding me? I mean, <laughs> imagine it's like a talk show host, you know, getting saddled with Joey Lawrence in this day and age. You're like, oh, Jesus. <laughs> okay, you know, and then, and then and sadly, hosts don't jump up and murder Joey Lawrence. <laughs> like, like Piper. Murdered Frankie Williams. <laughs> oh, I just yeah, I'd like to hear the genesis of that idea. I, I'm uh, it'll never be known probably, but it's, it's the it like we said it before. I gotta repeat. At the time, I remember people were like, "Oh my god, did you see that?" Or yeah. that, that was that was brutal. I just remember at the time laughing yeah. my ass off. I just. I was 14, yeah. 13, 14. Yeah. You know, if it was supposed to make me think this man was a mean, vicious bully, I just laughed so hard. It, 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 I think a lot of people did. Oh, I did too. I saw it on yeah. the, the Coliseum tape, Piper's Greatest Hits, because I hadn't uh, been a, I wasn't a fan until 86, so that was the only way I got to oh, see these man. ones. Yeah, we watched that a million times. It was awesome. Like it was- I, I remember, I remember, no, I remember when it aired, looking at the TV and going, who the fuck's this clown? Like, I, didn't, I didn't even recognize Frankie Williams. As, you know, one of my, he was definitely not one of my favorite jobbers. He, he wasn't part of the, the elite jobber squad that they had from no, WWF no, television back no, then. No, he wasn't. I'm like, who is this guy? You know, and then just, and I do my best every time. <laughs> just, <laughs> just fucking kills him. Uh, it was the best. But it's perfect. It just shows it was it got Piper over as just a complete lunatic. And uh <laughs> those early Piper's pits are great. Like just chaos. Him and like I said, him and Rocky Johnson get into a brawl on one of them that is or, or, awesome. What's great also is Vince doing the uh yes. the views expressed by Mr. Yes. Piper on Piper's Fit are in no way indicative of the views of the World Wrestling Federation. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, oh no, it's it's just it was revolutionary for the WWF especially, coming off of oh, years, totally. like their T V was pretty bland. It was, um, it was boring. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and we've seen a lot of it. Uh we've compared it to other territories. It doesn't really look good when when put up against the other territories so this was piper's pit was just this it was well well, it was was because also though though, it was purely meant to draw houses in the area that had the biggest houses right that had huge sellouts they didn't have to put no shoot their load on tv no so when they did every now and then have a great match it was like it really meant something Mm -hmm. but most most of the time though it was like wrestling's on Mm-hmm. And you'd watch it, and guys you liked, guys you didn't like, but you know, it was just there was nothing. It was, it was only you look forward to promos for something real excitement, right. or yeah. maybe 
maybe this time someone will take the mass superstars mask off, but you know, well, <laughs> didn't happen. And, uh, the Piper's pit, like I said, came along and that was like, must see. You gotta see Piper's pit. Yeah. Oh, totally. It was just so different and, uh, it's so fresh. Um, so we should probably get into some of the, the, the significant Piper's pits. Uh, the first one is, I want to talk about is this long, uh, week to week, month to month sort of thing that goes on with Piper and Albano, and eventually draws in Cindy Lauper, and is actually the genesis of the whole rock and wrestling connection uh, angle. Everything mm-hmm. sort of was uh, started here. Uh, it was about the summer June, I think, of '84. Albano had appeared in the music video for "Girls Just Want to Have Fun," and had met Lauper on the plane. All that had happened. That was legit. And so he, he used his connections to get uh, Lopper um, into wrestling. Well, her manager, David Wolf, was a legit wrestling fan. So he sort of jumped right. at that. Uh, yeah. How did Albano get that gig in the music video? He met her on a plane, right? Or at least that's the story oh, he okay. told. Yeah. Is that they sat? The story there. is yeah. yeah, they met on a plane, they talked, and sh- they hit it off and – and she was completely unknown. Mm-hmm. Yeah. She's completely unknown at the time and rec- recorded that album, had a hit, did a video for the basically new medium of music videos. Right. And right. put him in it. And that music, the song and the video were huge smash hits. So suddenly Captain Lou Albano is all over TV. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I mean, he's the perfect, like, you know, slovenly, you know, father type yep. per- I mean, he looks perfect for the fucking video. I mean, oh, it was yeah. an excellent casting job. I was oh. just wondering, yeah. Oh, t- it was, it was, a, if it, if it's true that they just happened to sit next to each other on the plane, that's one of the most fortunate coincidences in, in wrestling history. Cause you, of everything that comes yeah. from that moment just was so integral to, um, getting the WWF over as a, as a big time, uh, entertainment entity. Um, so yeah, this, this is great stuff. I did watch all these on YouTube. Um, cause at first, you know, Albano's like claiming, you know, to be her legit manager that he did this, he did that. Like Johnny said, wrote the songs. Um, <laughs> and then Piper wants, wants him, uh, Albano to produce Lopper eventually and bring her on the show. And they do one false, Start where Piper, and this is hilarious, Piper's all ready for her. So he's got moose in his hair. He's got sunglasses on. He's got a clothes peg on his ear. He's trying to look all punk or new wave or whatever um, in, in anticipation of Cindy appearing. And then she doesn't show up. And Albano's there. Oh, sorry. And But eventually she does finally show up, which at that point was the biggest celebrity to ever appear on WWF TV at that point in time. Um uh, with the exception of Ali, but yeah. Uh, well, Ali would have been later, right? WrestleMania, the first WrestleMania. No, no, oh, no, wait, oh, no, sorry. Ali yeah, yeah, the 76. Yeah, yeah I forgot about yeah, that. Yeah, 76, yeah. Right. With but the, yeah. The build to uh, the Anoki fight, I totally forgot about Right. Yeah. Well, what's neat about this also, because when, when we were watching, it gave you the feeling of Albano keeps saying, okay, this week definitely, this week definitely, and Piper's getting upset. Mm-hmm. A little bit, and I'm, you were starting to think, is this going to turn into some sort of Albano Piper angle? Right. So then, when they, she actually walked out on TV, 
I remember, I remember it was like five o'clock at night. It's just, I remember sitting in my living room watching that happen. I, I could like, I can turn my, I could close my eyes and picture it exactly. Mm-hmm. And Sidney Lauper walked out and I was just like, holy shit. <laughs> She's yeah. there. Yeah. I was a kid. I, mean, I was a kid, but I was old enough to know, holy shit. She's on this. Yeah. Oh, I know. It, it seemed, even just watching it back, it seems like remarkable. Uh, she was one of the biggest stars in music at that point. Uh, just huge. Um, so this was a huge get for the WWF for Vince. Um, but then what happens is, you know, Albano tries to, uh, wait. At first she's, you know, you know, she's happy to see Lou, you know, hey, nice to see hey, you. Lou. Yeah, and, and very friendly. But then, of course, Lou starts spinning his, his lies. But, but at first she's like, how's that, Lou? Yeah. He's joking. He's always joking, aren't you, Lou? Tell him you're joking. Tell him, Sidney. Tell him all time after time. Uh, and then it, it, he immediately turns it into just utter misogyny. Yeah. Out of nowhere. <laughs> yeah. Instead of just, I'm telling him you're a real manager or tell him I wrote the songs. And he's like, tell him I was a star. You were nothing. You know, and I found you in the Bronx. Uh, and she's like, Lou, you were maybe 20 seconds of the video. <laughs> and then he's like, tell him, Sidney, tell him how all women should be barefoot and pregnant in the kitchen. <laughs> and she's like, hey, look at that. And then she gets serious. Hey, now, Lou, I don't like that. You know, I don't like that kind of talk. And uh, tell him, Sidney, the women aren't good for anything. <laughs> and it's like out of nowhere, it goes from his lies to just, just over-the-top misogyny. <laughs> it's ridiculous, and she starts whacking him with her purse. That um, was the best when they were, when she's whacking everybody with the purse. <laughs> this yeah. is probably—I mean, this was the height of like of you know women having an important role in women's wrestling for That's twenty right. years. Yeah, it was well, this start. Was, this was building to a match between Wendy Richter and Fabulous Moolah. Right. At the garden, where of course uh, Lou was with Mula and uh, Richter was with, or Lopper was with Richter. It's funny because it was really the first time, anyway, I, the first time I ever fucking ever ever heard of Mula. Like it's the women's champion. I'm like, there's a women's champion, <laughs> right? I didn't even know that. And it's this old, this old broad. She was old then. <laughs> yes. Well, she you know. she won the title in '56. Yeah, you know, I was like. <laughs> They bring, they bring on TV. It's the it's the women's champion of wrestling, and I'm right. like, I didn't know there was one because yeah. it was never on TV. No. At least I don't recall it. Very rare. I know she wrestled at the Garden a few times, and a bit like very rare on TV, maybe. But yeah, it was very very rare before this. Um, yeah, but they and that show actually didn't draw that well um, at the Garden. Um, they'd been drawing pretty good before that because they had the the Iron Sheik versus Sergeant Slaughter feud. Oh yeah, that July show didn't do well. Yeah, it did about fifteen thousand, which was about almost ten thousand off uh, um, a true oh. Garden double sellout, counting the felt form. That's so, disappointing because Hogan Valentine's probably the best Hogan match of the year. Yeah, I really like. But the main event was billed as the women's match, so that just shows you that. Oh, yeah. I understand it was, but I mean, Hogan yeah. Valentine, like, they missed out. Hogan Valentine was good. But, yeah. But, but that, see, here's the thing. Uh, I remember no build for Hogan Valentine. No, I think that was thrown on at the last minute. Yeah. Not, there was no build to that match. Yeah. 
and a battle. Could... They added a battle royal too at the last second to to uh, spike sales. Yeah, uh, but that was on MTV. Yeah, and it was a huge hit on MTV. It, yeah, huge hit on MTV. Yeah, like uh, I think it's still to this day the second highest rated wrestling show ever. Um, and we're getting, we'll get to the the highest rated one uh, shortly. Um, but yeah, it, uh, in New York at the Garden, it, it amongst like the hardcore wrestling fans, it, it wasn't a draw. Well, well, well the the, uh, the hipsters from Studio, uh, from uh, Studio Fifty Four, what have you, yeah, uh, weren't all coming out to the wrestling matches uh, <laughs> just yet. It it, it 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 took this, and then Andy Warhol started showing up. Yeah, exactly. It was just on the cusp at this point. Um, but Vince was starting. Well, to- you're right though, because the, the actual, the actual like week, a month of fans, mm-hmm. where he's like, oh, "What's the main event? Oh, this, eh. yeah, you know." But after this, and everyone sees it on MTV, yeah, exactly. boom, a whole new generation of people invade the garden. Yeah. Oh, totally. Yeah, Vince and and Vince was creating the illusion that wrestling was hip, and um, it, it actually it did become reality. It eventually. became hip. Yeah. Yeah. Um. So that was a biggie. And the next one is the biggest of them all, the most, you know, talked about, most memorable. Uh, you know, it's it's we've covered it on Titans before, I'm sure, <laughs> multiple times. Um, it's the one with Jimmy Snuka and the yeah. coconut. Um, this one was from June, I believe, 84. And it is, you know. The first time you see it is is you'll never forget it. The coconut shot is is very hard, and then the beat down with the belt after he crashes through the set and then brings it down upon himself, and you see like the the uh, I guess it was um, it was still in Allentown at that time. You just see yeah. the, the backstage of Allentown, um, and a vicious uh, beat down with the belt. Um, this one's been you know brought back multiple times and it's always referenced and it's just legendary um what can we say about it now that hasn't been said already well well, one of the great things about this was also this also led into lots of big matches oh yeah yeah tag matches singles matches uh created a new star Mm-hmm. In the Tonga Kid, yeah. uh, it, it just it, uh, brought in when JYD showed up. He gets inserted into this. Uh, it just grew and grew and grew. Uh, Orton becomes part of this. You yeah. know, every this from the pure wrestling standpoint, and uh, this was so huge. And from my standpoint of watching this, Jimmy Snuka at the time was the number one good guy, number mm-hmm. one baby face in WWF. Mm-hmm. It wasn't Hogan. Yeah. Uh, I don't care what anyone says, but I was alive and watching in the Northeast at the time. Jimmy Snuka was by far the most popular guy. And Snuka had been building up, building up to be the number one bad guy. And this happens, and boom, dynamite. Dynamite mm-hmm. uh, from here. And, uh, yeah, you did see a beat down like that on WWE without blood, really. Nope. Uh, I don't recall seeing the blood. With the Piper and the going through the door and Jimmy Snuka, mm-hmm. like, in full yeah. Frankenstein mode. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Super, uh, yeah, every time I, I watch him wrestle now, I just I think of Frankenstein. 
he's just such a great. He just stalks his prey. Right. Just, he's really amazing. Or just like, am I making? Fun? Are you making fun of me? Oh, I'm making fun of you on them. No, sorry. Laugh. No, just oh, just every time you say it. And I always wonder because he's bouncing the coconuts around. Yeah. And one of them was pre-cracked. Yeah. And you just wonder, you know, like is he, he's bouncing them around. He's dropping. He almost does a magician sleight of hand trick. Because what he does is he opens it. He has the bag. He's I brought this stuff to make you feel more comfortable. Uh, here's a pineapple. You want a pineapple? It's just like the women where you're from, you know, big bottom and bushy on top. Uh, he drops one, one coconut, two coconuts. So the coconuts drop and hit the table and clunk, clunk. So the third coconut he picks up, he doesn't drop that one. That's pre-cracked. Yeah. So it creates the illusion of you remember seeing those first two. And oh, yeah, like, yeah. He really hit him with a fucking coconut. <laughs> yeah. That wasn't gimmicked when it was. Right. That was a, that was like that was a magician level sleight of hand. Right. Oh, it's amazing. Well, we know he did hypnosis in L.A. as a gimmick. So. Yes, he did. <laughs> he's a man of many talents. It would have been a lot worse if he picked up the uh, the real coconut. Like, um, who was it with Cactus Jack? Sabu with the real actual bottle? Because oh, actual yeah. beer bottles don't fucking break. That, <laughs> yeah. And Sandman got waffled with a, a frying pan. Frying pan. pan. You know, no, that was a, the bottle thing was just them being dumb. Yeah. Uh, the... the, the, the uh, the Sandman thing was uh, fully thought it was one of these like throwaway ones that the fans normally brought, <laughs> and, and starts swinging and in mid swing realize that it's a real goddamn frying pan and clobbers the fucking Sandman. <laughs> yeah. And of course, um, Jake the Snake Roberts got hit with a real guitar. Real um, guitar, yeah. Which oh yeah, That's gave him up. you know permanent damage to his neck. Um, but. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, this was something, you know, when I saw this as for the first time, I was probably near a teenager and I knew wrestling was already, you know, predetermined. But this seeing something like this made me kind of question if this was real, because it seemed way more real than anything oh, else. Completely. I mean, I was, like I said, 13, 14. I, I knew what the deal was, but I still you're still young enough to completely believe yeah, when you wanted to. This made you totally believe. Yeah. I know I did. I was yeah. like, I, these motherfuckers hate each other. This yeah. is, you know, that was when you, know, you <laughs> your dad or someone would go, you know, this shit's all fake, don't you? <laughs> yeah. Well, some of it is, but some of it's not. Yeah. And, you know, <laughs> you had that one, you know, some, you know, some of it is dad, but some of it's not. This isn't because yeah. these guys hate each other. And it continued. Yeah. And, because just the level of hatred that went into this, just oh, uh, and this they played this out on the Saturday morning television. Mm-hmm. Hulk Hogan was never on Saturday morning TV. That's right. Maybe a promo to hype the garden or what have you, but mm-hmm. Hogan wasn't on TV. They were uh, promoting uh, his feuds were being yeah. uh, promoted. Yeah, but the Piper Snooker stuff was being played out on television every week. Right. Yeah. Totally. Yeah, I, yeah. 1984 booking is uh, is a very strange beast, in my opinion. Just going through it. Yeah, it doesn't seem like Hogan's as present as Slaughter and Snuka or even Andre. Yeah, well, it's part a, of, a super loaded babyface roster. Yeah, they things. did have a super loaded roster. Part of it was Hogan was still wrestling in Japan quite a bit in '84. Ah. Um, that was part of it, and part of it was Vince was kind of unsure how to use Hogan, kind of on a 
mass scale, I think. He thought he didn't want to overexpose them too quickly because he wasn't sure how the fans would take to uh, return viewings of them. Um, yeah, so this feud went into all the, the cities. Um, they did three shots in St. Louis when they were running a lot of shows in St. Louis in 84. That included a, a strap match, a Fijian strap match, mm-hmm. um, which uh, ended with Piper getting pinned, uh, I believe, for one, maybe the only time in this run. Uh, I believe so. Was it Luthez the referee? In uh, Luthez was the ref in the previous St. Louis match. Oh, the previous one, okay. Because it ended with Piper taking Fez's belt off and then whipping Snooker with it, which uh, gave you the yeah. reason to have a strap match, right? So, okay. I now, really were these before... That. Were these before the broken neck? Uh, yes. The, yeah. these, okay. They okay. did St. Louis first. Um, that was the first city they ran the program in. And then they did a shot in uh, the Meadowlands, actually, um, that I watched recently. Marty has raved about this match a lot. I watched it. Yeah, Johnny, you've seen it. It was a really, really, really good match. Um, total wild brawl. Marty, do you want to talk about this one briefly? Yeah, yeah. Uh, so the thing is, um, for the most part, people talk about the coconut angle, which is a great angle, don't get me wrong. Mm-hmm. But uh, I think a lot of people forget that, you know, there were matches afterwards. And I know that Johnny really likes the matches, and that's good for him, and I, I like him a lot, too. I just don't think they actually get talked about as much as some of the other feuds. And the Meadowlands match is really, I think it's probably the best snuggle match I've ever seen, and it's up there for one of the best Piper matches ever. It is really an incredible brawl, just like high energy the whole way through. And Snuka is just a, uh, just a total like beast in it. Like you, uh, you're so excited that this man who's just a hulking figure is going to kick the living shit out of this obnoxious prick. It's a, it's really very well done dynamic. I love the match. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And you got uh, gorilla and red bastine. Yeah. On, on commentary. Right. Uh, uh, well, yeah, it's it's uh, it's bloody as fuck. It's crazy. The Meadowlands is just it, it, it's a, a, like it, it's electric. It's mm-hmm. just nuts over. Mm-hmm. Uh, the crowd's good as. Uh, then you have uh, my favorite referee of all time, Dick Worley. <laughs> is the referee? <laughs> this is great because uh, he's standing there all tough. If you notice, he's like really trying to like do his Dick Worley bullshit where he looks like wants to look as tough as the wrestlers mm-hmm. and this dumb pleated pants, <laughs> ref pants. And I, and they bump the shit out of Worley. It's almost <laughs> just like, oh, fuck this clown, you know, standing around being all tough while we're killing each other. Uh, they bump him around. They head, oh, snook a head butts the fuck out of him. He gets it from both guys. Uh, it's going crazy at the end. Some fans are trying to jump around. Then all yeah. of a sudden you see the Meadowlands yellow jackets, we used to call them, the yellow shirts, <laughs> uh, who are notorious for having a short fuse and looking <laughs> for any excuse to beat up fans at any event. They murdered a guy at a Grateful Dead concert in 1989. <laughs> uh, they did. Uh, 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 and uh, I, I, I was fully aware of them because I went to many events there. And yeah. you saw they, that guy, some guy... One of those yellow jackets leaps the barricade into the crowd to go after a guy. 
you know, who who Holy maybe shit. looked the <laughs> who maybe looked the wrong way or yeah. tried to jump over the barricade but thought better of it. Not too late. <laughs> this muscle bound dummy jumping over there and killing that kid. But that that's how electric the crowd was. This if you haven't seen this match, it's on uh yeah, it's on YouTube. Yeah. Uh, there's lots of uh, Snooker Piper stuff. Just look for the one that's from the Meadowlands. And yeah. uh, for, for everyone who goes, oh, Piper wasn't a great wrestler and Snooker stunk, <laughs> watch this. Okay, yeah, watch I agree this. With that. Yeah, totally. Yeah, this, uh, this definitely will change people's yeah. minds. This is pretty Yeah, it was great. Um, we'll definitely get into the Piper wasn't a good wrestler talking point uh, a little later on. Um, it's definitely something I want to address. Um, so the, the the rematch was actually held in MSG to this. Well, well, one, there's one thing before the MSG thing. So they had a match in Philadelphia. Oh, and, okay. And there's that. There's not much to the match. It's actually before the match. Instead of Roddy Piper's pick, because Piper has a uh, match coming up, they he doesn't do a talk show. Instead, it's replaced by a different talk show. Do you know what talk show that is? <laughs> uh, the Mike Douglas show. Cal is Rudman's uh, happy hour. <laughs> rendezvous? What? It's Cal Rudman's rendezvous. Oh, well. You're kidding well. me. <laughs> I shit you not. I don't know if there's been if there was more than one Cal Rudman's rendezvous, but there was at least one. It was oh, I know. The, the, if you've ever listened to Titans, you know there are plenty of Cal Rudman rendezvous. <laughs> but uh, not, not many of them went on. They usually went on at the Holiday Inn across the street. Uh, <laughs> not in the middle of the ring. Oh, my God. Oh, Kelly. Kelly, we need to see yeah. Cal Rubin's rendezvous. Yes. Too we, sweet. We do. Um, I'll have to grab that card uh, from somewhere. <laughs> the, I'll, uh, I'll pay top dollar. It's the July 84th card. Uh, July 84th. July 1984 card. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, from Philly. And I don't know if he's got more the previous month and the, and the post months. I don't know. Wow. That's well, you learn something new every okay, day. Anyone listening, anyone <laughs> listening, get in touch with us at Titans O Wrestling on Twitter. That's T I T I N S O W R E S T L I N on Twitter. If you have this, uh, I, I I will pay top dollar. There we go. This footage. The call has been made. Um, yes, ASAP. We need that. Um, crazy. Uh, the MSG match features um, the angle at the end where uh, Snooka's neck is broken, um, dropped out of the ring, basically. And this was a cover because Snooka had pretty bad drug issues at this point. I believe that's what was going on. <laughs> had he, uh, like, allegedly murdered someone yet, or his girlfriend? Or yes, that had happened um, the previous year, actually. Oh, uh, his previous allegedly. year. Allegedly. Yeah, allegedly. Um, so, Snooka was gone for a while. Um, yes. After this angle. Yes, and uh, and that actually answers a lot of questions people had about why Vince didn't go with Snooka yeah. uh, when oh, he was yeah, the most yeah. popular guy. Yeah. Um, because apparently he, <laughs> it was an idea. Uh, Vince Senior was still making uh, some decisions when Bob L- L- when Backlund lost the belt, mm-hmm. and uh, it was being approached. Uh, it apparently it was purely because of the drugs that he was like that he was too unreliable uh, yeah. because of the drugs. That that's why they didn't go with the their hottest baby face as the champion. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, he was a ticking time bomb basically, 
And he was so popular, but yeah, he was. Yeah. Well, they weren't going to fire him or take him off the road. <laughs> no, no, like, no. They, they were not going to, you know, okay, let's not be crazy here. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> They're not going to go, Jimmy, uh, we really feel uh, you need to go to rehab. And yeah. uh, we're gonna, no, 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 no. But they're not putting the belts on him. No, no, they couldn't do that. Um, I believe he did go to rehab at this point. Um <laughs> Finally, it, it must have been really, really bad by this point. Picture, picture Snuka in the group, you know, <laughs> yeah. sitting, uh, sitting around. You know, uh, you know, my name's Bob, and uh, you know, and I'm an addict, and uh, blah 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 blah. My name is the Superfly, <laughs> and I look up at the mountains of the great broken bones of my ancestors. I snort the. Uh, <laughs> 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 yeah, so he was doing some time in rehab, but they had to keep this angle going. Now, Johnny, you mentioned yes, there was a, a Samoan uh, prior to the Tonga kid that came out, and I'm not uh, aware of this. Would you? Yeah, yeah. Well, so what they did is on Piper's pit, Piper's of course bragging about breaking uh, Snuka's neck and uh, all that. Another thing. Um, I didn't see that match until uh, I was on a Coliseum video. It, they just talked about it on television. Right. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't even think they even showed highlights of it. Uh, they just mm-hmm. told you what happened. And so Piper's bragging, Piper's bragging. The first one to come out was a Samu. Mm. The, 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 the third Samoan. Right. Uh, Samu was the first to come out and get in Piper's face about it. And I think Piper beat him up uh, in a match. <laughs> pretty quickly yeah and, uh, and then comes this newcomer out of nowhere mm-hmm. who he wants a piece of you mr piper and it's the tonga kid and we were like as kids i mean my friends we were like who is this and he keeps interrupting piper's pits and saying, i want you in the ring now you know <laughs> that he's jimmy stuck his cousin mm-hmm. uh and he's going to get revenge, and he's frothing at the mouth. And yeah. We had never seen him before. It wasn't like he'd been around. No. Nope. You know? He's a brand-new character who's come there purely for this. And you could already tell there was an excitement about him. So then the first time they had him wrestle, he's doing all this high-flying shit that, at the time, we were just blown away. Like, look at him. Tonga Kid was instantly super popular. Oh, yeah. We loved the Tonga Kid. And this led to stuff on TV. They had the uh, you know, the Piper match with uh, him and Tonga Kid that on TV that was more of an angle mm-hmm. and everything else. And it kept going, kept going. Uh, I'm just going to mention this now. Uh, we can go back. But then it led to the footage, more footage, that if you can find it for me, people, Please, because I can't find it anywhere. Haven't seen it since it aired, but it was on Saturday morning television. And Tonga Kid is in the ring. Piper and Orton are come out, and they've got him cornered. And the place is going crazy, and it's in Allentown. And Bruno and Vince are on commentary. And they're like, oh, it doesn't look good for the kid. And out of nowhere, suddenly there's just a camera shot to the crowd and you, it's just a close up of Jimmy Snooker mm. with a neck brace on and then it goes back to the uh, the ring and Bruno's like was that who I thought it was <laughs> and then like was it oh and it's all chaotic and Snooker 
comes in, runs in the ring, and he's wearing uh, the neck brace. And the heels are coming in. Snooker tears the neck brace off, throws it into the crowd, and flexes like an animal, going, ah! And him <laughs> and the Tonga kid charge the bad guys. And I had, I remember I had friends over, and we were jumping up and down, like, holy shit, yeah! <laughs> it was an amazing moment. And I've never seen it since then. No. So again, uh, find that for me, people. Yeah, I, I'm pretty sure I haven't seen that. Um, that sounds awesome. Yeah, I want to see that too. I, mean, I saw the Piper versus Thomas singles match they on TV, but I would imagine that was probably like in the following weeks is when Snuka came back. Yes. Tonga Kid. Tonga Kid. <laughs> well, <laughs> not Tama. Marty's used to uh, oh. saying Tama from uh, Tag Teams Back Again. Cause okay. Yeah. Okay. I'll forgive you. I, 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 I just see Tama. We've spent a lot of time. I'll forgive you. Spent a lot of time on the Islanders recently. But yes, uh, Tama from the Islanders was the Tonga kid. Uh, he was only but 19 they, at the time. 19, I know. Yeah. And, and, and as quickly, and they had a series of matches, a, a great tag yeah. team match we watched. Yeah. And then as soon as he was there and was huge star, gone. Yeah. He vanished. And went to the, AW, went to the AWA. Uh. Uh, they never talked about him, and uh, they actually did a compete. I think uh, one of the after mags did a uh, "Why did the Tonga kid abandon his cousin?" Uh, <laughs> story. That's crazy. Uh, so he yeah. left at the peak of it. I mean, something. I don't know what happened. No, but... I don't know either. He's kind of known for these mysterious disappearances uh, throughout his career. Uh, it becomes a reoccurring theme. I mean, one of the great talents, like underrated talents of the '80s. Oh, I cannot stress. How over the Tonga Kid was in 1985, 84, 85. Yeah. Well, him and uh, Piper headlined a MSG show in November, 84. He was the youngest uh, person to ever uh, co-headline a main event at MSG. Um, he just, the sky was the limit at that point. And that match the next month with Jimmy against Piper and Orton is phenomenal. Uh, with a, oh, yeah. a, a red-hot crowd and just, the, it's... He's just Tonga Kid's just a, a megastar, it seems at that point. Like just, oh, the crowd just loves him. Um, yeah, they, it was great, great in that match where, well, when um, Orton's getting beat up, he's going to tag Piper, and, and Piper's doing the little short arm, like yeah, yeah, yeah. like no, yeah. he's doing he's doing the, the Tyrannosaurus Rex arms. Yes. Uh, uh, <laughs> oh, totally. Uh, sorry, I, I tag I tag you, Bob, but look, I can't reach. Yeah. Uh, He's got the, one of his my favorite T-shirts that he had made. It said yeah. "Woman Maker." Woman Maker uh, on the back. Woman Maker. <laughs> that was great. Marty, did you watch this one? Uh, no, I didn't get a chance oh, to. But I, I know I, I really I just yeah I just had too much stuff going on this week. But I did look something up. Yeah. Because I wanted to know where you know beside if he went anywhere else besides the AWA. And he was actually a part of a promotion called. ICCW and was wrestling Dr. D. David Schultz after uh, the John Stossel incident. So international world championship wrestling wow. in New York City. Was- uh, I, I, I never saw that, but they they actually uh, covered that in the after mags uh, a bit. Yeah, yeah. Well, there was two guys who had been sort of banished from the kingdom, I guess. At that time. I guess so. <laughs> back back when they would when uh, the after mags would run headlines. Yeah. Uh, uh, of uh, like so, like Ric Flair fought the Schultz in Puerto Rico, and they run these things. Ric Flair, I fight the men Hulk Hogan is afraid. Yeah, to fight. yeah, of course. 
Yeah. Uh, great stuff. Um, that Snooka Tonga Kid versus Piper Orton tag is from uh, December '84 MSG. If you guys wanna, guys, yeah, if I wanna to check it out. Yeah, it's it's a goodie. It's um, awesome. Yeah, and at that same card, uh, December 1984 MSG, we have the next big moment in Roddy Piper's career. Uh, there was an ingring uh, ceremony where Lou Albano is given an award for his work with Johnny. What was it? Was uh, I believe it was muscular dystrophy. Mis- yes, muscular dystrophy, and this was done with Cindy Lauper present, with David Wolf present, and yes. basically this is Albano's babyface turn after being. Yeah, they, it, it, yeah, it was a thing called it was called the Ugly Bartender mm. uh, Award or something like that. Yeah, could be right. Yeah, behind the scenes, Albano was involved in that. Yeah, and this was the babyface. There was nothing on television. Mm-hmm. Uh, he he just sort of was. Uh, they did this thing and it was all kind of like, yeah, okay, this is real life. Um, they give him this award and, uh, you know, and, and, and Lopper's there. And the last time, you know, they've been feuding, but this was real. Oh, we're giving him this award. And he's like, Oh, thank you so much. And then, uh, chaos, <laughs> chaos, uh, Kelly. Yeah, please. totally. Piper shows up and, gets in Albano's face and eventually smashes uh, the award over Albano's head. Yes. <laughs> and Albano and goes down like a stone. Goes down. The place is going crazy. Um, Dave Wolf, yeah. uh, Lopper's manager, like goes after Piper. Piper uh, puts him on his shoulders and then dumps him and hurt him legit. Uh, yeah, he, it was floppy uh, looking. Yeah. It was, you know, it wasn't like he was being purposely stiff with him. It was just no. like, the, the guy doesn't know how to bump, you know? <laughs> and, uh, and it's going crazy. And the cops, there were some cops at ringside who, because this was being presented as a real thing, there were cops at ringside who thought this was fucking real. And we're storming the goddamn ring ready to beat some ass. Uh, it's crazy. Yeah. Uh, they, they, they say it's well documented that some of those cops were like, okay, this is out of fucking control. And they were ready to fucking bash some fucking heads. Yeah. <laughs> it, it's nuts. Yeah. It's nuts. Yeah. No, it was a great angle. Um, cause it's got that reality to it. Um, with, with, uh, real celebrities and in the, like, it just, yeah, out of control. The cops running around. Piper, this just uh, and at the in the, the the best arena at MSG in New York uh, for all this to take place. And this basically sets the table for 1985 and for the big stuff to come. Um, because what comes out of this is finally um, Piper and Hogan hook up. And yeah, this had been brewing. I mean, they'd been kept apart for basically a year. Um, uh, Piper had mentioned Hogan a few times in interviews and on Piper's pits and stuff. And, but no match. They actually had wrestled some matches in Boston and in some other mm. cities. Oh, yeah. Really? Yeah. In late 84, uh, mm-hmm. I think just sort of like test runs. Um, yeah, but it was more like, it was, if you're just going to go by what was on TV, it was like, uh, if a if a bad guy who was going to be fighting Hogan was on, he'd be like, I, you know, I understand that Hulk Hogan is afraid of you. 
Yeah. You know, and, uh, mm-hmm. yeah, so little digs. Um, but obviously this had been the plan for McMahon for quite some time to build it towards this, your biggest uh, star against your hottest heel. And so that's what happens. Hogan came to the aid of Albano at the end of the chaotic scene in, in the garden. Right. Right. So there it was. With, it, with his with his Hogan concerned look. Yes. Uh, really <laughs> yeah. His great Hogan. Uh, where, where he'd be cradling somebody. Yeah. And looking up and looking down and then looking yeah. up. Yeah. Um, yeah. Hogan is the master of the facial expressions. Um, he was. <laughs> it didn't translate to the the silver screen, but uh, it translated to wrestling. Um, well, you know what? It translated to the guy in the cheap seat. So <laughs> exactly. That's all that, that was he was he should have been he would have been a movie star in the 1920s in the silent. Oh era. yes, he would have. <laughs> <laughs> I remember you saying that in one of the, the yes back again. It yeah. Was true. <laughs> yeah, he was a great strongman. Hogan <laughs> He's a meets great... Buster Keaton. <laughs> Uh, anyway. The amazing Irish Hogan. <laughs> yes, Irish. Yes, he, that the Patty, he he become Patio Hogan. Patio Hogan. Yeah. <laughs> he would have, as, as, as sadly, he would have, uh, you know, he would, he would have been the second man in the room with Fatty Arbuckle during that whole thing, and you know. <laughs> that would have been the end of his career. Uh, yeah, deep. Uh, hey, uh, oh, hey, kids. We go for the more modern references here on uh, <laughs> on Titans of Wrestling, you know, because oh, I know the kids they roll for the Fatty Arbuckle refer- references. Oh he yeah, just, yeah, he's uh, big with the kids, big on um, Facebook and all that. Yeah, here, <laughs> so word. word, yeah, well, yeah. Um, so anyway, Hogan's involved now, and so the next step is another card on MTV. This one even bigger than the last. This one's the war to settle the score. And um, for me personally, I love this match. It's a match that I could watch any day um, a million times. I love it. I love the atmosphere, the pre-match. I love the the actual short, crazy brawl that the two of them have. And then I, I love the post-match um, that involves Mr. T and and sets the table for WrestleMania one. I just love it. I, it's just something that is. It's one of my favorite pro wrestling things ever. Is Hogan and Piper at MSG, February 1985, live on MTV, and it's 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 fantastic stuff. This was the highest and is still today, um, and a record that'll probably never be broken. The highest rated wrestling program ever. Um, it did a huge. And so it's not Hogan Andre. It's not Hogan Andre. Uh, I guess uh, cable wise, it's the highest. Oh, cable wise, yeah, that makes more sense. Highest rated cable, <laughs> right? Hogan Andre on the on NBC is, is like a whole other. Right, it was on NBC, so whole yeah. Other level. Had, yeah, and you also have to realize that, I, I, but he, at the time, uh, not everyone had cable mm-hmm. at all. That's, I didn't. Yeah. I didn't. I, I didn't watch this. I did not have cable. Uh, mm-hmm. And and there weren't a lot of cable channels no. uh, at the time. There was like thirty six. <laughs> There's the the when you first got cable, you got those thirty six channels, and you're like, oh, I got thirty six fucking channels. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah, going back uh, and watching, uh, what you need to go look up is the stuff that happened like in the MTV studios and stuff with like uh the, with the original VJs 
the original right. MTV VJs were stars in their own right. Right. Uh, interviewing the wrestlers and their interactions with the wrestlers. And some of them are awesome. Like, uh, what was the, the wimpy one with blonde hair was Alan, somebody or another. Oh, gosh. Right. I can't think of his name, but, uh, there's Martha Quinn and, uh, Jackson and, uh, Adam, whatever. But like Piper's whole thing is like, you know, I hate rock and roll. Mm-hmm. <laughs> oh, you, you kids and your rock and roll music. And I always laughed at that at the time. I was like, really? Is that, <laughs> I know. Yeah. Seemed like a kind of cool dude. You know, you know, rock and roll has been around a long time. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You know, it's been around since the mid fifties. <laughs> I just don't think Ra- Rowdy Roddy Piper really hates rock and roll all that much. No. You know, yeah. I like, but I like bagpipe music. <laughs> no, I, 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 I thought the same thing when I was because uh, like, I, I was also like during the Snooka feud, I went full Snooka, and I was booing Roddy Piper, everything uh, completely. By this time, I was with Hogan. I'm fully on Piper's side. I'm just like I'm full heel fan, and I just didn't buy that. I was just like, oh. That, God. Right, the cool. You're the coolest guy here. You must like rock and roll. Uh, maybe not, you know, some of the shit they play on MTV. But <laughs> <laughs> tell me, you like ACDC? Come on, <laughs> Christ. Uh, that's true. Yeah, chaotic. And before we uh, head to break, yeah. the end of this match brings in a certain person who was oh, just a little the biggest star. Or one of the biggest stars on TV uh, at the time. Yeah. At the end of it, uh, the one, the only, uh, Mr. T, mm-hmm. is because he's at ringside as like uh, a celebrity, and he yeah. runs into the ring. And this came off as real. Mm-hmm. It came off as real. And at the time, <laughs> Mr. T, again, it can't be overstated how big of a star Mr. T was at this time. Oh, yeah, huge. And we all were – everyone's going to say, this guy may be an actor, but he's a real badass. We're like, this guy will fuck you up. Mm-hmm. And Mr. G comes running in after all the whole schmage and everything. And uh, and that was kind of unheard of for a celebrity to run into – a celebrity? Mm-hmm. To run into the ring and want to fight? Mm-hmm. Uh, ah, that was different. That was new. Yeah. And it could only work with a guy like Mr. T. Yeah. No, he was probably the biggest TV star at the time. Like, A-Team was at its absolute peak. Uh, as a kid, I had the toys. I I just I loved Mr. T, and we worshipped him. And like I said, um, on the first show, I would get into wrestling because of Mr. T, um, involved in WrestleMania 2. So he drew me into right. wrestling. It was, it was huge. Oh, right. um, yeah, this was like uh, Kelly, Kelly had the, the, the kids' version of the chains. <laughs> yeah. I had like a pla- plastic mohawk, fake mohawk. Plastic. I think they sold cap. those. Yeah. I, I didn't have one, but I think they did actually sell those, yeah. Oh, man, that would have been a riot if you had a plastic fake mohawk. They merchandised the fuck out of the ATM and Mr. T. Oh, I bet they did. He had his own Saturday morning you love your mother, Kelly? <laughs> yeah, I do. Um, love my mother. You need to love your mother, too. <laughs> uh, but, but the, the, see, they, they should have merchandised Clubber Lang, uh, <laughs> Clubber Lang merchandise. Like, hey woman, hey yeah. woman, why don't you go back to my place? You're a real man. 
favorite champion. I've got I've got a fighting story that that involves me being christened Clubber Lang. That uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, oh, I, I remember that's I a teaser. Uh, there's that's a teaser. teaser. I busted a fighting story on the Continental Wrestling Show all those shows ago. Um, I I don't know. We'll see. If uh, I, I can, that was like my favorite like <laughs> Titans moment ever. Yeah, Kelly go to the ring too. Let's was revisit great. it because I because I don't recall. You don't recall story, that so one? Oh, okay, well you'll have I to re-listen. It. Oh, it's a great one. It was, uh, he was uh, <laughs> Kelly was in Halloween mode. There's He Man. He's bothering Kelly. There's dancing. Oh, going I on. know this story. Remember yeah, yeah, that one? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, that's good stuff. Titans number twenty three for reference. Um, but yeah, I think I'll say. <laughs> I'll save the Clubber Lang story for like the the uh, the outtakes show or something. Um, <laughs> anyway, I don't want to go on a huge Kelly, tangent. Kelly going up to some dude at the at the, the the fourth grade dance. The chick. <laughs> hey woman, I'll go back to my locker. You're the real man. <laughs> and it worked. Um, anyway, so yeah, Marty, your thoughts on the war to settle the score? No, it's a great match. Uh, just, you know, good, entertaining. I haven't seen it in a long time, but I've seen it multiple times because it's on a couple different DVDs. Mm-hmm. Just, you know, just it's just really fun and sets you up real well for uh, WrestleMania 1. Yeah. Yeah, I just, I, I just, I don't know. This one, just, I love it. I love the entrance with the bagpipes and the celebrities being there. And you just got this real feeling of this being like a really, really, really big deal. And uh, it's I just yeah. yeah. Well, I mean, it was a huge deal. It was very important. Yeah, there's a, a part of it uh, right at the beginning when Piper throws his shirt into the crowd. My friends, we watched this. We used to always laugh because uh, Piper's wearing a Hulk Hogan Hulkamania shirt, and he throws it into the crowd. And immediately, you can see these three guys grab the shirt, and then there's a three-way tug of war fighting to get the shirt where it gets like torn to shreds basically and nobody gets it like three rabid fans just crazy for that shirt uh we used to rewind and play that moment uh, over and over again all right so before we get into wrestlemania one we'll take a quick break and uh stick around listen to some plugs for the great shows on the pwo ptbn podcast network and the ptbn <laughs> Promotional consideration paid for by the following. What's up, everybody? This is Kevin Kelly. Make sure you check out every episode of The Kevin Kelly Show right here on the Place to Be Nation. Place to Be Nation.com. The Kevin Kelly Show. Every episode is a winner. At least we hope. Place to Be Nation's Justin Rosero here. In addition to The Kevin Kelly Show, we have a ton of great podcasts available to you on iTunes at PlaceToBeNation.com. You can check out Scott Criscolo and me on The Mothership, the Place to Be podcast, home of great interviews and our famous vintage wall pay-per-view reviews. If you need your fix of current wrestling talk, we have plenty of options for you, including Main Event, which features a roundtable discussion led by PTBN analysts and special guests, and our monthly pay-per-view reaction shows, including immediate feedback and discussion for WWE, NXT, Ring of Honor, and New Japan Super Shows. Also, be sure to Relive Wrestling's past with Graham Cawthon's excellent exclusive History of Wrestling podcast, Phil Schneider's Digging in the Crates, and our monthly pay-per-view rewind roundtable series led by Ben Morse. And join Pro Wrestling Only's Will and I on the Dangerous Alliance podcast as we dive into various subjects in the form of exercises and games. Sports fans have plenty to enjoy as well. We featured the Sports Evolution Mega Show with Scott, Dr. G, Cowboy, and Cowboy Sr., the Kings of Sport, led by Live Audio Wrestling's Godfather, Nate Milton, as well as the NBA Team podcast, which takes a year 
round deep dive into pro hoops, and the TJ McLoon Show, featuring great guests from around the world of sports journalism. PTBN also proudly features the Richard the Mailman podcast, specializing in the world of TV, thought, leadership, anger, and irreverence. As mentioned, all these shows available on PlaceToBeNation.com, the only place to be in your pop culture world. PTBN also is the home to tremendous in-depth features on pro wrestling, sports, movies, comics, plus tournaments, and more. We also want to thank our friends at Bonehead's Wing Bar in West Warwick, Rhode Island, and Fall River, Massachusetts, Scott Keats, RSPWFAQ.com blog, and Piledriver.net. Watch pro wrestling. Do you love pro wrestling? We do too. And there's only one podcast feed that you can't miss. PWO, PTBN, Podcast Network. That's the pro wrestling only place to be nation podcast network. We have a host of brilliant shows dedicated to wrestling past and present. Whether it's the territories, Japan, Lucha, old school or new school, we've got something for you. Get a dose of history on Exile on Bad Street with Chris Elner. Listen to reviews of current pay-per-views on the PTBN reaction shows. Not just WWE, but New Japan, Ring of Honor, and NXT. And get your weekly update on everything else that's going on in the indies, Lucha, and beyond on This Week in Wrestling. Relive WCW Supercards on Where the Big Boys Play with Parv and Chad. Join Dylan Hales and Dave Musgrave on one of the very best shows for super hardcore nerds wrestling culture. Go deep into WWF history and discover the Bob Backlund and Bruno Sammartino eras on Titans of Wrestling. Don't miss the Pro Wrestling Super Show with Stephen Graham and Tim Livingston. You can get the full archive of Goodwill Wrestling with good old Will from Texas. There's tag teams back again with Kelly and Marty Sleaze. Then there's the only pro wrestling game show, Brain Buster, with me, Johnny Sorrow, and a panel of great guests every time. Get them all on one feed. P-W-O-P-T-B-N. Podcast Network. You know you want to hear it. Okay, welcome back, fans. And now we're into the first ever WrestleMania. Um, another topic that's been discussed all over the place for years and years. Yep. Uh, it was at Madison Square Garden. It was kind of modest compared to what would follow. It was basically filmed like a typical MSG show. Um, there were a ton of celebrities involved right from the get-go. Um, the Rockettes, everybody. Yep. <laughs> and, Lib- and Liberace. Liberace and Billy Martin. And, uh, I wish my brother George was there. Mm. <laughs> it was a very New York, um, New York uh, centric, of course, uh, group of celebrities. And hey, Liberace was universal. <laughs> <laughs> really was. You know. Was he the timekeeper? He was yes, like, ding, ding. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and Billy Martin was the, was he the bell ringer? Uh, he was the ring announcer, no, wasn't he? he? Oh, yeah, he, re- yes, right. He didn't, yes, I forgot. And he was wasted. <laughs> <laughs> wasted. And he was even wasted in the promos they did with Mean Gene leading That's up right. to WrestleMania 1. Yeah. Where it was like him interviewing Billy Martin at his like boat or whatever. He was just shit-faced with all this. 
<laughs> was he unemployed at that point? Was he? I, I think it was Billy. Yeah, well, it was definitely between. Uh, it was between managing stints with the Yankees. <laughs> I don't think Steinbrenner would have gone for this. <laughs> yeah, you don't uh, what? You don't what? Wrestling, that's, crazy. That's <laughs> typical Vince mo to like get a guy that's you know been fired or is in yeah. some sort of trouble. But or but still, in 1985, <laughs> Billy Martin in New York City. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, beloved, beloved. Yeah. Um. So the main event was was huge, of course. On one side, Hulk Hogan and Mr. T, and on the other side, Roddy Piper and Paul Orndorff. And the referee is Pat Patterson subbing for Muhammad Ali, who uh, yes, that was that was a um, a bit of a that was a bit of a bait and switch, right? Because it was announced on TV mm-hmm. the entire time, and your referee is going to be Muhammad Ali. Yeah. You're like, holy fuck! And like, I wasn't aware of Ali's mental state no. at the time. No, but you watch this footage, huh? He. Mm. He he ain't all there, right. and uh, and Patterson was a referee, and he was the uh, the the enforcer mm-hmm. uh, referee. They did not announce that until the show. No, at least to my memory, they did not. No, well, Patterson tells the story. It was the day of the show that he talked to Ali backstage and realized that you know this guy is not going to be able to do this. And that uh, they had to oh, change right, that quickly. Right. That's how Patterson tells it, anyways. That's how Patterson tells it. On that, <sighs> a legend of wrestling? Yeah, on that and on Jericho's yeah. podcast. Yeah, all over the place. But anyway, yes, celebs aplenty. And um, yeah, this is a huge match. It's been a while since I've seen it, but the last time I watched it, I just had a grin from ear to ear and just loved it. Awesome. Super awesome. Super fun. Uh, Mr. T. Yeah, I watched that. I, I I watched the whole show every now and then just to relive it. Right. It's been a while since I've watched the whole show. Um, Mr. T though does come off as being, you know, not quite the badass that you thought um, <laughs> before this. First of all, he's not as big as you would think compared to the other wrestlers. Well, they were living on on tuna fish. <laughs> if you remember, uh, with no mayo. That was it. Him and Hulk Hogan were living on tuna fish, uh, and that's it. Out of cans. So oh yeah. He's lean. He's lean. Right. And he wasn't. He wasn't as big as the guys. He no. was not even as big as Piper. Uh, no, no. Uh, for I me as a kid, I was shocked. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and they kept him basically to do you know like amateur wrestling. Um, I, but he looked good. He looked good. Yeah. No, he looked. Fine. It was just when I saw this as a kid, I, I I just couldn't understand why Mr. T was doing like fireman's carries and and all the amateur stuff. It just I, did, I was expecting like an ass kicker basically. But was anyway. like, no, well, Monsoon was explaining it. Right. Yeah. 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 He was. Well, you, yeah. he, has a, he has a background, Jess. <laughs> NCAA's. Yeah. No. I don't know. Um, T looks ready, Gino. You touched on the training aspect because. One of the legendary things is the the training with uh, Piper and Orndorff and Orton yes. at a gym in Manhattan somewhere. It's so good. <laughs> Gets- and and it leads into again if some a lost bit of footage because uh, Mean Gene goes to the the bad guys uh, training facility 
and by the end, he's getting bullied by them and stuff. But they go to at one point, and it makes no sense, but it's been edited out as if it was somehow racist. I don't know, uh, kind of. But they go to Orndorff at one point. And what do you think about Mr. T? And he's he's shaking, and Orndorff goes, "The blacks, gummy." That's <laughs> what he says. Uh, me and Wolfman, we had the footage on tape. It was long lost because we taped it off of TV. He yells, "The blacks, gummy, gummy." I, I, it's been edited ever since. <laughs> it's not. I I swear in a stack of Bibles that's what he said. Uh, I have backup. I have a backup man in New Jersey. Uh, Orndorff shaking furiously. The blacks gummy. Wow. It doesn't make any sense. He was so angry he couldn't even get his slur right. Um, again, if you can find that footage, listeners, uh, and uh, uh, let let us know about it at our Twitter feed, uh, I, I will uh, make it worth your while. Yes, uh, I need to see that myself. Um. <laughs> I'm not kidding. I'm not kidding. <laughs> oh, I don't doubt it. Um, that's crazy. But yeah, that segment's because eventually they go outside and uh, Bob Orton beats up some dude. Yeah. Uh, in the streets. <laughs> that some was it a shoot? I don't know what the hell was going on at this point. It looked very real. Uh, Piper comes off as like a total madman in this, like scary, uh, with the hood up the whole time. (laughs) Like he's going to knife somebody. Um, Yeah, probably a lot of cocaine uh, that afternoon. Um, It's crazy. They should should have been wearing hoods. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. White ones. ones. Uh, So WrestleMania one, Marty, what are your thoughts of uh, the big main event? Marty, you there, Marty? Oh, uh, I guess I guess Marty's gone. Yeah, you know what? Uh, I, I, here's what I think happened. Uh, I've seen pictures of the young man. He has a gorilla level of awesome hair, uh, which is something to aspire to, and uh, he does have it. But he does not have a gorilla style neck. Stack no. of dimes. Uh, uh, if you're gonna sport gorilla hair, you better have you know a gorilla neck. Like a real man. And a tattoo of an anchor. That's you know, <laughs> you know, quite necessary. And uh, I believe he probably, you know, head fell down, you know, yeah. knocked himself stupid. Another senseless wrestling death. Another Just, another wrestling tragedy. Yeah, yes. well, he was too arrogant. He thought his head could hold up that magnificent head of hair, but mm. it, it couldn't. Yes. Like, uh, like, he's like Icarus. Yes. He flew... <laughs> His hair flew too close to the sun. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Marty Icarus sleaze. Um, rest in peace. Rest in peace. But, folks, the show must go on. As in, you know, it's it's a wrestling tradition. The show always must go on. It must, just like it did that fateful day in 1999. Ooh, ooh, ooh. Hey. <laughs> Hey, I, I, I was there. I'm from Calgary. I, I was outside the, the funeral home. I can joke about that stuff. Uh, we can all joke about it. But really, you were, the, you were I outside in the crowd? Yes, I was in the masses of uh, unwashed wrestling fans gathered. 
Cafe <laughs> that 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 uh, spring day in Calgary. Were you wearing black sweatpants? <laughs> I think I had a black hat on. Oh, hey, there you go. Yeah. Uh, anyway. Anyway. <laughs> so, WrestleMania won the main event. Uh, awesome spectacle. Johnny, your thoughts on it? Uh, like I, I mentioned before, I was there live. Not live at Madison Square Garden. Uh, couldn't get those tickets. But live at the Philadelphia Spectrum for the closed-circuit television, which was the huge screens on yeah. four sides to a, I believe, sold-out spectrum, which was rocking. Yeah. And uh, uh, my mom brought me and two buddies. I think my little sister was along with us. Uh, I've told the stories about my mom reacting to Bruno and everything. And and when that main event happened, uh, the, 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 the chaos of what was going on like fed through to the spectrum. It felt like, you know, it was, like, it was just so double the noise picture, double the noise wow. basically. And, uh, uh, so cool. It was just, it just felt so cool. And Piper, when you watch it, Piper was so comfortable. Mm-hmm. In the in the middle is him coming down to the ring, him and Orndorff of coming down to the ring with a full bagpipe brigade. Mm-hmm. Uh, w- when the crowd was like could lean over and grab people, it was just this mass of humanity. It was insane. Uh, it was one of those things where there wasn't going to be a quote unquote riot, but it felt like there could be a riot. You know what I mean? Yeah. Uh, that's just before the match started. <laughs> and then during the match, uh, you know, apparently, you know, there's a thing where Piper, you know, thought uh, Mr. T got, was getting a little too into it. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, it was stiffing him and stuff. And, but, uh, uh, and Piper didn't forget about that. Nope. <laughs> no, no, he didn't. Nope. Uh, but if you really go back and watch that match, a lot of people like think it's just spectacle and nothing else. Mm-hmm. That's a good fucking match. Yep. Uh, and it takes advantage of the spectacle because at one point it all breaks down and everyone's in the ring. Mm-hmm. And that's when Ali comes in and takes a swing at Orton. Yeah. Orton is one of the, uh, by the way, Orton's one of the main cogs in that match. Right. He's so important and so good at everything he does. And, uh, and he got Snooka in there too. Mm-hmm. Snooka had to be there. Like, I've always uh, said, like, when we were kids, like, it should have been a six man. Right. With, uh, with Snuka. Uh, again, we now know yeah. stuff was still good. Okay. Right. You know, that's, yeah. but he was there. Mm-hmm. Uh, and when they showed the, uh, a lot of the promo pictures for the teams, mm-hmm. uh, it was, uh, always the three and three. Mm-hmm. So like Jimmy Snuka is still in the main event Yeah, at WrestleMania, uh, the very first one. And, uh, of course it ends with, you know, Orndorff actually getting knocked out by, uh, Orton. Orton again, mm-hmm. coming down with the cast. Mm-hmm. Uh, place explodes. Uh, that match is so much fun. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I have no, I have no time or tolerance for anyone who doesn't like it because, mm-hmm. uh, then you're just looking for stuff that is not supposed to be there and ignoring what was there. And it was, uh, the spark had already been set with the, the lopper stuff. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and this, and, uh, and, and Piper, was the key ingredient in all of this and mm. all this. And now we get to lead into 
you know, the 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 Orndorff babyface turn, which yep. again again leads to matches with Piper. Mm-hmm. Yeah, great brawls um, in various different settings. Uh, Saturday Night's Main Event has a great brawl between the two of them. Yep. MSG has a good one. The very first Saturday Night's Main Event uh, is, is the yeah. official. No, no, no. It's, it's Orton and Hogan. Oh, that's but right. What yeah, yeah, at yeah. the end is uh, uh, they did the thing where they rescued Paul Orndorff during Piper's Pit. Mm-hmm. Uh, okay. Where they're like, you you yeah. fucked up. Yeah. You know, they do the whole the, the great heel thing. You're the one that got pinned. Mm-hmm. You know, well, wait, you know, Orton hit me over the head with the cast. Mm-hmm. You know, that was your fault. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then at the end, you know, you have uh, <laughs> Mr. T again, Hulk Hogan and Paul Orndorff all posing together. Right. While, Vince, while Vince McMahon yells, beefcake. Look at the beefcake. <laughs> There's <laughs> beefcake. It's uh, it's uh, oh, good God. It's it's uh, it, it's it's one of those. Is this gay? Uh, <laughs> moments, you know. Oh, in the eighties during that era, he definitely gave off that vibe. That's for sure. Yelling beefcake, <laughs> beefcake was. Uh, I mean, at the time, I mean, when you don't get a lot of the stuff. You know, and you go, well, I don't see what was so, you know, this about that. But yeah. I remember going, he's yelling beefcake. Yeah. yeah. Like, like, like he's drooling. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, he was drooling. I mean, he was making a lot of money. That's for yeah, sure. yeah, exactly. Yeah. I mean, that's he's like, well, muscles mean money. Beefcake. Yeah. yeah. Uh, that's crazy. Uh, so, yeah, it was the second Saturday Night's Main event where they had the, the actual match. Yeah, they had the match, yeah. Yeah, which is just all-out brawl, crowd going bananas. Um, they brawl to the, the dressing room, basically, yeah. after. And uh, they ran that match. They ran that match yeah. all, over, all over the circuit. Yep, yep. And it was all over the place, and it was hot. And then it would yeah. morph into tag team matches in various different uh, incarnations. With lots of people who uh, just two months earlier hated Paul Orndorff. Yeah. Uh, now being his tag, like JYD. JYD, <laughs> Andre, yeah. uh, Bruno Sammartino tags with. Uh, JYD's the, the best one, though, because, like, <laughs> look, I know you called me all kinds of racial slurs uh, just a month ago, but, you know, it's all okay now because we're good yeah. guys. Yeah. And what about that Black's Gummy comment gummy. you made? I, like, I saw that. <laughs> I, I saw. I was. I was hanging out with Johnny Sorrow and the Wolfman. And I saw Gummy. God damn it! <laughs> so yeah, I know. It's it's. Sometimes they do. You know. Uh, well, the WWF was never too big on having to explain why they would team with each other. You know. And they didn't have to. Uh, I, I mean, I remember at the time we would ro- roll our eyes so, because yeah. I was a, a teenager. Who would be always like, continuity. (laughs) But you see, what the, and they used to do stuff like that. We've seen it in the older stuff where they do reference. This was at the time when Vince is like, no, we need, we can turn that off. Yeah. And and we're appealing to kids, Mm -hmm. mainly. Mm -hmm. And, and also realizing that the majority of the adults going to the show don't give a shit. Right. about that stuff or didn't give a shit about that kind of stuff and now he's a good guy and it makes perfect sense that all the good guys uh, are now friends and all the bad guys are friends and what we're going to get to in a little bit which is again something that piper uh was part of that was different 
was when Piper turns a uh, 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 baby face. Mm-hmm. That's not what happened. Right. Yeah. And yeah, Piper was running like different feuds in different towns at this time. Uh, he had a match with Hogan at the, the wrestling classic pay-per-view. It was like, oh, yeah. yeah, one of the actually the worst cards they ever put together. <laughs> Those matches. Uh, yeah. Like I said, that was um, before I, we had cable. Yeah. Uh, even if we had, I don't think I would have been allowed to buy a show. Yeah. Uh, but when that came out on a video, mm-hmm. I couldn't wait to watch it. And I yeah. have fond memories of it because it just, you know, you know, to get right. your hands on a card full of, of quote unquote good matches. Right. Like Moondog Spot was in there, but, you know, otherwise. <laughs> yeah. It, it, it's a lot of just rushed, uh, quickie matches. Um, I remember loving the Savage Dynamite Kid match. Yeah, uh, as a kid, time. I did. Yeah, yeah, I thought that was one of the best matches I'd ever seen when I was a kid. Yeah, oh, me too. Yeah, yeah it was cool. Um, so that was kind of like the only big rematch he ever had with Hogan while still a heel. Um, and then we get matches now with Bruno Sammartino. Yes. That are, are amazing. Uh, there was a big, big uh, angle, Piper's Pit, uh, at Madison Square <laughs> Garden. Oh, yeah. That is, <laughs> wow. It's even today, it's just, it loses none of its impact. It's, well, actually, in today's world, it's even more impactful. <laughs> uh, in today's world, it would not be allowed. No. <laughs> um, and what's funny is they kind of ran a, a test run of this, uh, I think, at the Meadowlands uh, during a card with right. Sal Belomo, uh, uh, where he brought in Sal Belomo and was, and was, you know, calling him a guinea and a wop and all this shit. And, uh, yeah. junkyard dog was, uh, cause they did do, uh, some stuff with junkyard. Yeah. Dog I saw that. That was well. really, yeah. really crazy. Yeah. And, uh, uh, but order was still healed at that time. I was at some point during there, but, uh, mm-hmm. uh, yes, the Bruno stuff was Piper's pit live. Mm-hmm. Interviewing Bruno Sammartino in New York City, mm-hmm. which eventually uh, they're going back and forth, back and forth, uh, until Piper goes, "You dumb wop man!" <laughs> he says, "You dumb wop man!" Mm-hmm. And Bruno loses his shit. And then I, I, I had known they did, you know, matches at the Garden, but apparently they ran that uh, in the. I know the, and the one we're going to talk about is also in Boston, which I didn't see till years later. Yeah. Uh, but did they run that everywhere or just the Northeast? Uh, just the Northeast. They ran, they ran it in the, the Meadowlands, which was, you know, where the angle well, yeah. played out from, uh, the garden. That's basically why they didn't have matches at MSG, I guess. Um, Boston. And then, uh, they did tags together too. Um, with Orndorff and uh, Bruno against Piper and Orton. And no um, David. Right? No, God. <laughs> no, no, David. <laughs> but the Boston matches are the ones that are, are probably the most famous. Um, they were actually on, uh, I think they were on the Bruno's Coliseum home videotape, which was kind of a rare one to find. 
back yeah, in the day. Yeah, that was a hard one to find. Yeah, but I, I know the cage match was it because I saw it. Or no, maybe it was on that cage match tape they made. Anyway, it was on one of the old Coliseum tapes because I had seen it before. Um, the first match they have in Boston is is similar to the the Orndorff brawls, just a the sprint brawl, uh, five six minutes, full of you know energy, intensity, excitement. It's just great stuff. Um. But the cage match is is epic. (laughs) And it's one of those things where even knowing, you know, I fully thought that Bruno Sammartino probably really hated this guy. And nothing could be further from the truth, apparently. (laughs) It was just the most, you know, that Piper was just one of the most respectful guys uh, backstage to to legends. Mm -hmm. And, uh, and uh, and Piper and Bruno for for an old man, Bruno looks awesome. Yeah, you know, because every, every territory has their old man back in the day mm-hmm. who could come into the ring and kick some ass, and a lot of them were really hard to buy. Yeah. Fritz was hard to buy. Vern amazingly hard to buy. <laughs> I even I even said that uh, Watts was kind of hard to buy myself, right. honestly. But Bruno was never hard. It was never hard to buy that this motherfucker was going to kick your ass. Mm-hmm. And Piper sold for him like a million bucks. Bleed like a motherfucker. In the cage match in Boston. Mm-hmm. I mean, we talked about this before the show. Uh, you watch this. You watch Piper blatantly blade himself. <laughs> <laughs> like Lou Albano, uh, Lou Albano looked at this footage and went, That's a, "Yeah, really? You know, uh, <laughs> it's just as obvious as anything." Mm-hmm. Uh, but it's just from the camera shot. I know the crowd probably wouldn't have caught it at all. No. And uh, within the first thirty seconds, uh, Piper is fucking bleeding. Yeah. He cuts himself twice, and uh, twice in like ten seconds. <laughs> Both times on camera, mm-hmm. uh, and what it, it's an awesome bloody brawl, mm-hmm. awesome bloody brawl. Uh, yeah, those Bruno Piper matches that are again matches people would go. Oh, I don't want to watch that. That, uh, that doesn't sound from eighty one. Yeah, those two <laughs> Eight, in eighty. What? I'm not gonna watch that. Watch it. Yeah, totally watch them. It's 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 everything great about wrestling. Yeah, exactly. That cage match is fantastic. Um, yes, including getting over uh, on the uh, fact that the Bears won the Super Bowl. Right. And uh, Piper comes out uh, and starts hanging up posters of, of, of Perry and McMahon. Yeah. yeah. Uh, on the cage, and Bruno sort of tries to shove uh, one of the posters yeah. down Piper's throat. Yeah. Uh, during the match, oh god damn man, this is it's it's everything that makes wrestling. Yeah, and they and he stuffs it down Piper's trunks, and then Piper's trunks yeah. get like halfway pulled down, and they stay halfway pulled down for the rest of the match. It's hilarious. Yes. Well, Piper, Piper didn't just show ass figuratively. <laughs> yeah. Piper liked to show ass literally. <laughs> And as a matter of fact, during the feud with Orndorff, yes, that was a running spot they did to where the after mags. I'm gonna I was, mention in, this. Yeah, yeah, remember that? Yeah, in Inside Rest. I think it was Inside <laughs> Wrestling. Them, yeah. Said they did an article about <laughs> that. That's the the point of their battles 
was to who can pull each other's pants down. <laughs> I just remember in one of the first Aftermags I ever owned, there was a picture of that spot where yeah. Piper's bare ass is just there. It was, yeah. <laughs> Apparently it was one of those, during that view, it was one of those, here's what we're going to do on house shows to fuck with each other. <laughs> yeah. And... <laughs> And the the aftermath guys ran with this as a story <laughs> with a picture. It was it was right at the end of the era where they had just finished up the apartment wrestling stuff and yes, you know, the yes. mag. We, were, what we want to go, we want to go from uh, semi hot chicks <laughs> doing apartment wrestling to Roddy Piper and Paul Orndorff's bare asses. <laughs> that- that was fueling sales at that point. Well, <laughs> but yeah, I was. Uh, my Pat, point was Pat, Patter- Pat Patterson was buying multiple copies. <laughs> yeah. My point was that it was sort of at the end of like a like the more adult era of the the wrestling magazines, and things would get a bit more yeah sanitized after that. You know, it really stood out though at the time. I was like, "What the <laughs> fuck is this?" <laughs> oh, no, that was also at the time where Vince had banned um, uh, after them from doing the photography, right? Uh, at ring at ringside, so these were all from house shows. Yes, and people like yeah, who had like long distance lenses. It's like, <laughs> well, we'll embarrass Vince by showing that this is what he's doing at house shows. <laughs> yeah. Didn't matter. Nope. No one cared. No one cared. <laughs> the expose. What Vince McMahon doesn't want you to know. Vince McMahon doesn't want you to know these guys who hate each other are having fun pulling down each other's pants. <laughs> Around the country. All, uh, all over the world. And drawing huge money. And drawing big money doing it. Oh, my God. So, anyway, yeah. the Yeah. People listening track down those Bruno matches. They're on Daily Motion. Oh, they're, they're, yeah. They're really... Uh, look, if you're, if you're, like, if you're some work-rate nerd... Uh, you know, just calm down, clear <laughs> your mind, and watch these, and listen to that crowd. Yeah, and know what's going on. That this is the living legend of this area, this era, mm-hmm. uh, era, this area, mm-hmm. and this is the hottest bad guy in the world. Mm-hmm. And they took advantage of that. Uh. He, I mean, they took they were taking advantage of Bruno a lot back then. Oh yeah, you know, with with all kinds of promises for David and yeah, uh, and and shit. But Bruno did not disappoint in anything he did. Not to get off on a Bruno tangent, but they put him in a bunch of stuff then. Didn't oh, yeah. disappoint in any of it. No, but the stuff with Piper was the most hate filled stuff Bruno did. Uh, except maybe the few things he did with Savage. Yeah. Uh, but th- this stuff he did with Piper was just amazing. Mm-hmm. Amazing stuff. Mm-hmm. But and none of it on television. Nope. No, it's- none of it on, on Saturday morning TV. It was nope. only on uh, house shows. Yep. And I got to see, because that's when I first got cable and first got the MSG network and got to see the tail end of this stuff. And mm-hmm. holy shit. Oh, so good. Yeah, yeah. As a kid, I yeah, I couldn't see it. I by the time I got into wrestling, he was feuding with Savage, but that again wasn't on TV, and I could only uh, no, not at all. Yeah. Well, no, no. The initial. Well, the, was, yeah, was, 
Yeah. Uh, the initial, you slime? Yes. <laughs> yeah. But I could only see it in the in the mags that they were having these right. uh, matches and stuff. And I, I wondered why isn't this being talked about on TV? But no, yeah. It was crazy. It was, it was when you first got the MSG network, you realized that mm-hmm. uh, you're like, well, this is a whole different world. Yeah, <laughs> I know. That's why I've always world. had this like uh, special uh, connection or feeling to MSG is because it was the – the secret sort of side to these. Uh, it really was, man. Yeah. Uh, and Piper too. They, they did lots of live Piper's pits. Yeah, it was all. Uh, the, yeah, it was so hard to come by back then. You would get bits and pieces on the tapes, but you could never get a whole show. And yeah, but what, like I said, once we got cable, and MSG was part of everyone's cable package, and right. it didn't have there wasn't much good on it. No, uh, they, I don't even know if they showed the Knicks. <laughs> Maybe. <laughs> but, uh, <laughs> <laughs> they, they didn't show the, the Globetrotters. <laughs> they didn't show rock and roll concerts. You know, no, and, yeah. But once a month, motherfucker, they showed wrestling. They only blacked out certain really big cards. Right. But otherwise, you got a free show on TV on, yeah. in the middle of the week with that had exactly storylines that were not on television. Yeah. That, looking back, uh, you wish they were. Oh, totally. They, they were. They were so much better. I know. <laughs> they were so I'm. Much I'm so envious um, because in Canada we didn't have that option. We couldn't get the MSG network. No way. We MSG. Could, I, <laughs> no idea it even existed. Um, so yeah, I was always envious when I hear about. Oh yeah, when I was a kid, we had this channel that channel with this wrestling on i was like fuck you there's no maple, there was no maple leaf gardens channel <laughs> nope <laughs> but you guys didn't have stampede wrestling oh eh, well yeah. <laughs> and now we don't again and now you don't again see because it's the real <laughs> great stuff it's just too rare and too great to be uh consumed yeah, by the masses um anyway <laughs> so now we're into 1986 and piper's still Hot as a heel, they go back to uh, to Mr. T again. Yep. For a second round, um, is this where he goes on set and interviews, or you know, and, and antagonizes? Yeah, them? I think so. Yeah, I yeah. believe so. Did you mention it? And he does the whole painted. Uh, does he do a blackface at this time? For I don't 50? recall. I don't recall. Uh, I maybe not. Maybe I, I don't <laughs> think so, but I, I, I don't. I barely remember him going on set. It was 18, right? Yeah. I just remember yeah. when they, they Mr. T confronts him. He gives him like this, you know, shoot punch into the gut that it looks like or Mr. T gives Piper that. It was like almost like he had a, a shiv <laughs> from like, and they were in oh, prison. Wow. <laughs> He's from Chicago. <laughs> <laughs> That's all I remember is that he had this really strange looking punch to paper. Gotcha. I'm mm. gonna cut you, honky. Um, <laughs> so they go. Uh, WrestleMania two, of course, was in three cities. Yes, and they do the box. They're gonna box. Yeah. Uh, he decides uh, that Bob Orton is now boxing Bob Orton. He's got to box people. Yeah. Uh, which is hilarious. Uh, it all to lead up to Mr. T and Roddy Piper having a boxing match. <sighs> uh, <laughs> the best thing in this is when they uh, grab a, a little Haiti yeah. or a little yeah. Coco or whatever name he was going by, 
and uh, they shave his head on Piper's bed That's to make right. him look like Little Mr. T, which he then took and made money as Little Mr. T uh, for for a while, and not just <laughs> WWF. Right. Uh, and in one of the three co-main events of the three different cities at WrestleMania 2 is that the one in uh, Nassau Coliseum was Mr. T versus Rowdy Rowdy Piper in a boxing match. Uh, and they got like Lou Duva was yeah. there, and Smoking Joe Frazier Smoking was Joe. there, and, yeah. uh, and all kinds of shit. And it stunk. <laughs> <laughs> it sucked so bad. With their, they were with these giant gloves. <laughs> yeah. And it stunk. And apparently Piper knew exactly what was going on. This stunk, and he took advantage of the, the the legend goes, he took advantage of this at one point. He was supposed to to lose, and he grabs Mister T and body slams him uh, at that point where he's supposed to be getting knocked out. Right, uh, and it ends in a big schmage and uh, a DQ. And was like, because he didn't want to do the job to Mister T, because mm-hmm. fuck Mister T, and. Uh, I, I I believe it. You know, it, it's always hard for me to believe that something like that happened on a pay per view. But in this is WrestleMania two, mm-hmm. you know, not nowadays. Mm-hmm. Uh, people are like, well, he be fired. No, he's not. You know, I don't think that Vince was going to fire him uh, over it, and 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 it worked. Right. Everyone came out looking fine on it, and. If Piper had lost, because Piper also had the, the gimmick that if he lost it, that he was going to retire. Mm, okay. I believe. Or have his head shaved or sign of something ridiculous. Uh, but. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I don't know if, if the, the finish was changed on the fly. Um, the crowd definitely turned Piper babyface during the match. Oh, completely. <laughs> completely. Because <laughs> um, this was a year later, a team had kind of declined in popularity um, well it, it was it was also because it was so stupid yeah, yeah. and and but and piper also was getting more and more popular this whole thing was stupid and you kind of were like kind of with piper you're like a boxing match here's the thing it was playing on people who maybe still think that mr g could box because of right. clubber lang yeah so well well, Piper, I'm a Golden Gloves. So I was in a Rocky movie. Mm-hmm. <laughs> You're like, oh well. Yeah. Uh, it was just a disaster. <laughs> I think it came through. I think it came through that Piper was like the best guy involved in this. Oh yeah, and, yeah. Uh, and, oh, and totally. That's why he was getting the cheers, Mister. Because when he slams Mister T, uh, the yeah. Nassau Coliseum fucking explodes. Yeah. Yeah. And Mister T was way out of shape too. And oh, totally. Like. Totally. He, uh, by the after the first round, he could barely breathe. Uh, <laughs> a fake boxing match. <laughs> Mr. T is gassed yeah. after the first round in a fake. This isn't even wrestling. <laughs> yeah. You know, where you could be like, okay, it's easy. To get, it's a fake boxing match. How hard is it to not get gassed unless you're completely out of shape? <laughs> yeah. No, it, 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 yeah, it was, it was a disaster in execution, but. It, in the end, like you said, Johnny, I don't think it really. It got a lot of press. Yeah, I got it. Like it made me a wrestling fan right there. I became aware of wrestling because of this crappy boxing match on WrestleMania two. 
that's what got me into it. So what was funny is I know that um, in local news, uh, when I like in the wacky world of sports tonight, yeah, uh, that's the thing they showed. They did not show Hulk Hogan and Bundy. Yeah, that's what I thought. It was on the news. Uh, It was a clip on the news. That's where I first saw wrestling. Yeah, it did uh, its job in that regard. And Which is why Piper did not get punished. Right. And yeah, he was, Vince, yeah. This is probably like, oh, God damn it, that's not what we planned, but oh, oh look at this, it's working. <laughs> uh, also, though, Piper was leaving to make a movie. Yes. Um, this, so Mania 2 is, I believe, his last appearance for several months. Um, he made Body Slam. A movie. It was Body Slam, yeah. Yeah, it was Body Slam. With the Tonga Kid. With the Tonga Kid. Lou Albano's in it, too. Bringing kayfabe, man. Yeah, I probably rented this when I was a kid. I can remember it being in the video stores always. It's not good. No, it's garbage. But but, but also, isn't it, uh, was it Dirk Benedict? I believe so, yes. Uh, Face from the, uh, was it Face? Yeah. And it was yeah. directed by the guy who directed Smokey and the Bandit, apparently. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> so it had that going for it. But so he made Body Slam in the interim. And when he came back, he was a full-blown babyface. Uh, yes. Well, well they, they, they did a thing mm-hmm. where he apparently had entrusted uh, the, uh, a- the adorable Adrian Adonis. Because Adrian Adonis, after being years of being a... Uh, a leather-clad guy who wears tights. Mm-hmm. Amazingly, is gay. <laughs> uh, uh, they never say the word gay or no. homosexual. Uh, but uh, now he's wearing dresses. At first, he just wore pink. Right. They got to a point where he's wearing sundresses and <laughs> yeah. uh, and hats like a southern belle yeah. while painting his face. Uh, <laughs> and it's now the flower shop. And the point was... That's fine until Piper comes back. And this is something that happened on Saturday morning TV. I happened to be just watching it. I was in Kentucky at my aunt's. I remember mm. uh, I was watching it and Piper just walks out. No, there was no promo of like, tune in later. Be sure to not, don't change the channel because Piper's coming back. None at all. And his flower shop and then his Piper walks out of nowhere. Uh, considerably jacked. Uh, more so than when he left. Mm-hmm. And he's at first he's like, I get, you know, thank you. You've done a great job, uh, but I'm back now. I'm here to take my spot back. Uh, well, what do you mean? Uh, no, 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 no. It is built up for weeks mm-hmm. and weeks because Piper was still a bad guy. He didn't come back to cheers. I mean, people were cheering because he's back, but mm-hmm. uh, he was still a bad guy. And it led up and up and up to, you know, he wants it back. So they're going to do on TV, on Saturday morning TV, this is right around the same time that the Saturday morning TV went from Allentown mm-hmm. to the big arenas and everything went really, it was 86, the yeah. fall of 86. Yeah. Everything went very glossy. Yep. That's, that's when, boom, WWF became what we even know now, mm-hmm. the, the really glossy presentation. Yep. And they did uh, the flower shop versus Piper's Pit. And Orton, who he had also lent to him, who now wore a pink cowboy hat <laughs> and was called AC. <laughs> AC. Uh, he 
was sticking with Adonis because apparently, you know, Adonis gives him some sweet, sweet love. Uh, <laughs> and Morocco is involved as well. Yeah. Is always involved in Piper's life. Yeah. Uh, as we've mentioned. And they have a, a, it's a debate. And uh, uh, it's not exactly the Buckley uh, Gore Vidal uh, <laughs> debates. Uh, you know, it's. Uh, and it is, of course, the bad guys beating up Roddy Piper. Uh, Roddy Piper comes out later. Uh, his leg is hurt with a baseball bat. Yeah. Uh, and, and, and this is the beginning of his baby face turn. Yeah. And apparently, and this is the very first time I ever read an observer. My friend mm. Wolfman had gotten his hands on this thing called the Wrestling Observer that we had ever this mimeographed thing. Yeah. And we read that off camera for the crowd. The only baby faces who came out to help him, not to fight the bad guys, but to help him, were the Bulldogs. Mm. Because they did not have a history right. with him as a, an enemy. Mm-hmm. Uh, didn't show it on TV, but that was there for the live crowd. Right, and this leads into the adorable Adrianonis versus Roddy Piper feud, which also included the Iron Sheik at first, uh, and stuff that went on at house shows with Hulk Hogan, and he was not immediately a good guy, mm-hmm. or at least we all thought he was, but all the other good guys were still fuck you, yeah. You know, you're you're Roddy Piper. You're the most. You've been a bad guy forever. You're the bad guy. They did not immediately embrace him. It took a few months before that happened, mm-hmm. which was so unique to mm-hmm. WWF television at the time. Mm-hmm. Again, he was at the forefront of something different. Yeah, yeah, that's true. Um, this was the Piper that I first encountered. Uh, he came back. I had gotten to wrestling. Well, with WrestleMania two, made me aware of it, but I didn't really get into the. F- uh, week to week watching until the summer of 86, just in the last month or so of the old look to the shows. Um, I can, rem- I can still remember what the old ones, uh, looked like. That was what I first saw. And then, so Piper, yeah, like you said, came back in the fall and yeah, I immediately was hooked with the whole story. Um, the fact that, yeah, he was a different kind of good guy. Like he, he was, uh, uh, kind of a lone wolf at first, like at first, yeah. yeah, um, going against a whole bunch of guys, you know. Well, his first match after they uh, it was taped, uh, the same taping, I think, uh, but it was actually shown on TV the next week. Uh, was Iron Sheik, yes, versus Piper, and Piper was like limping the mm-hmm. whole time because his, his they really messed up his leg. Yeah, uh, and Sheiky was the guy they threw against him uh, originally uh, for him to beat up. Yeah, it was on Saturday Night's main event, actually, where he comes out with the crutch mm. and just whacks uh, Sheik on the back with it. And Sheik has this huge welt of the crutch. Oh, <laughs> that's right. That's right. Yeah. <laughs> it's like a like a suntan almost or sunburn. I said to Roddy, I said, Roddy, <laughs> hit me hard as you can. You're so good, Roddy. You're a good man. Yeah. <laughs> How much coke do you have, Roddy? I just got back from Hollywood. She right. goes, you must have great coke. Hit me hard as you can. Well, it's true. All these guys that were involved in this feud were all Piper's best buddies backstage. Like, oh yeah, Sheik, Pipe, uh, Morocco, Mister Fuji, Adonis, Adonis. Yeah, <laughs> there's just this whole group. Orton, 
Donna it comes. It's from Portland, you know. Yeah, or even L.A. Uh, they, mm, uh, this is where mm. they first uh, encountered each other. Yeah, they go way back. They went way back. Uh, Donis and Piper. Um, so yeah, these were all Piper's uh, party buddies uh, involved in this feud, which of course I didn't know at the time, but it's cool to see that now when you learn these things that they were all uh, best buddies. And at the time, Morocco had nothing to do. Not really, whatsoever. no. He had nothing to do, and, yeah. and he gets put in there. Yeah. Uh, they, they make a Morocco-Orton uh, team yep. that went on for a little bit. Yep. Yeah, actually, it went on for well into 87. They were team. Yeah. Well after Piper was gone, they were still a team. Um, yeah, it was kind of random that, that Morocco got involved. And, uh, yeah, yeah. And then, of course, this leads to WrestleMania three. Uh Well, yeah. I guess we have to mention... In the lead up to WrestleMania three, the the importance of the Piper's Pits in uh, developing the Hulk Hogan under mm-hmm. the Giant match because that's where it all. Well, also, also the um, at the MSG shows. Oh yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, where uh, they really the, at the MSG shows is where they developed that Hulk Hogan and Roddy Piper uh, becoming friends, right? Uh, because they did this great Piper's Pit. Mm-hmm. Uh, live there, mm-hmm. uh, where gosh, uh, Heenan uh, comes out with I yeah. think was it Orndorff. I think it was either Orndorff or Harley Race. Yeah, I can't um, remember, but it was like you know we're gonna fight you, everything. Uh, you know, and you need a partner. You need a partner. Maybe both of them. Uh, you need a partner. Yeah, and Bear's uh, like, well, I'll just you know, ask the crowd. And that crowd's going crazy. And of course he gets he gets Vlad. Yeah. And Vlad the super fan. Who by the way, uh, I got to meet once. Vlad's an awesome dude. Yeah. Uh, awesome dude. But he, Vlad's the guy who was at ringside of every yeah. MSG show. Yeah. And uh and Vlad goes, Hulk Hogan. Yeah. And they do the thing where when they team up, they don't quite trust each other no, yet. No. Like, uh, when they're tagging each other, yeah, slapping, slapping each other. Each other. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Uh, which was, this was not done in WWF for years. No. You know, like we said, it was like, you're a good guy. Now we're all friends. Yeah. And it wasn't done. And it was awesome. Mm-hmm. Uh, which then of course leads into, you know, you're bleeding. <laughs> yeah. After uh, Andre rips the cross off his, uh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Neck. <laughs> so cool. Yeah, that, that match at MSG, Marty and I looked at it for tag teams back again. I love that match. It's so cool. Oh, it's great. Uh, um, and then at the end, he leaves Hogan behind and gives him, like, the fuck you gesture with yeah. the arm and leaves Hogan to get a two-on-one beat down, <laughs> which is a nice little touch that, you know, okay, I'll, I'll be your friend, I'll be your partner for this match, but once the match is over, I'm gone. And yeah, yeah, that one is is highly recommended too. November 86, MSG, um, Hogan and Piper against Orndorff and Harley Race. It's a really fun match. But yes, yeah, the the Piper's Pit where Andre rips off Hogan's cross. And yeah, the You're Bleeding, uh, which is, it just, (laughs) it it fit the mood there so perfectly. Um, Yeah. yeah. Which then leads into now, it was like out of nowhere, Piper goes, and I'm going to retire. Yeah. Uh, and we have, he's going to have a match at WrestleMania 3. Yep. Uh, with Adrian Adams, a haircut match. Mm-hmm. And Piper then goes on uh, Piper's Pit. At this point, they had changed Piper's Pit. Yeah. Uh, from just like two chairs and a 
the great pictures of him in black and white yeah. to where it looked like a cave. Yeah, basically. And it had uh, pictures up and the, it's being taken down. Yeah. And he gets up there and he gives this goodbye speech. And you look this one up. It's great. Yeah. That's but he's like, but it ends with like, like, he's talking to his family. He's like, daddy's coming home. Yeah. And no matter what happens at, at WrestleMania three, daddy's coming home. And it's powerful stuff. It it's was. really good. Yeah. Yeah. They really built up that retirement angle really well going into that uh, show. I mean, that card, that was the first Mania that I was um, a fan where they actually did the build and, you know, what a Mania. So many big matches built up for that one. And, yeah, so that match, that was about like the halfway point. It was was the match before intermission. Right. Uh, So basically it was the, I'd call it, it was the co-main event. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Because that was back when WrestleMania had an intermission. Yeah. Uh, it was also back when WrestleMania was shown during the day. Right. Uh, uh, back then. I, I, it was, and it was the first one that you could get on pay-per-view. Uh, really. I know people say, well, you could get the other ones. if Very few cable companies carry that. Yeah. This was the first time where cable companies carry this uh, hugely. Yeah. I had a ton of friends over uh, we were watching oh. this on a Sunday afternoon. The intermission was so long that we, <laughs> it was like forty-five minute intermission. Uh, we went out and shot hoops for a while and came back. But the, the match before the intermission, uh, if I, I believe, yeah. was a Piper and Adonis. Mm-hmm. And the coolest thing about it was this is the first time they used those uh, those carts. Yeah, to, to drive yeah. the guys uh, the to and from the ring, which was be, so they didn't get gassed, <laughs> yeah, basically, so. and it'd yeah. be fast because this was a goddamn football stadium. Yep. <laughs> and while watching it, Piper's music hits, and he comes out and he's walking, no cart. Yeah, and he's walking down the ring, and it's the coolest fucking thing. Like, because everyone else was using these fucking cards. Yeah, and now Piper for his retirement match. Yeah, you know, win, lose, or draw, he's he's leaving. Yeah, and he's walking, and it's awesome. Now, apparently, it was accidental. Oh, really? Uh, apparently, or not really? Was that because I remember reading the story? Oh no, that, I was uh, saying, oh really? Because I, I I don't. Oh know no, story. okay. The story I always heard was that the cart broke down. <laughs> And Piper had to walk, uh, and then sprints a little bit, and then walks. And it was, <laughs> and it was one of those accidental, wonderful moments in yeah. wrestling. Yeah, because yeah. I was like, really, it broke down. Uh, okay, yeah. I like to think. I like to think he, uh, he goes, "No, I'm walking." Exactly. Uh, uh, I've got enough coke in me. <laughs> and he goes down, and they have the match. And even while we're watching as kids or goddamn sixteen year olds. It's as good as it could be between an morbidly obese <laughs> Adrian Adonis. We all know Adrian Adonis. We've seen it on Titans. Yeah. One of the in his prime, fucking amazing. Yep. And at this weight, even still pretty good. Yeah. Oh yeah. But he's morbidly obese here. Yeah. And Piper is, you know, he, he's he's Piper, and he's and he's babyface Piper, and. You know, it, it ain't a work rate classic, but the heat's off the charts. Mm-hmm. Uh, 
even like the, the finishing thing with the, the scissors, the giant scissors bouncing off his. The, the, yeah, that looked horrible. It looked terrible. And then the goddamn shears don't work. <laughs> nope. uh, you know, it, it was like, it, it was, <laughs> the entrance was what made it. And then beefcake's out. And it, it was yeah. all like a big part of help maybe to help make beefcake a baby face. Yeah. Yeah. Which is a good thing in wrestling, you know, keep it going. You know, yep. it, Totally. But boy, did I at the time think that was a disappointment. Yeah. Uh, Me too. The match itself, I thought was a huge disappointment. Uh, yeah. But I, it, it wasn't lost on me because that entrance was all, it was all about that fucking entrance. Yeah. And the fact that it was actually an accident is even better. Yeah. But it was, I mean, at the time, even I was like, oh, boy, this work rate sucks. This is negative stars. <laughs> you know, I was like, I was like, okay. Now, now it, it was good for what it was, but for the big finale of this feud, yeah, it was like, uh, okay, yeah, it was. It was yeah. For me, it was the haircut not being able to be. Completed. Yeah, the haircut stunk. <laughs> you know, that's what you wanted to see the most, right? Was, but see, that that wasn't you go you go back and watch a lot of haircut matches back then. That happened all the time, <laughs> all the time. That uh, very rarely did someone have an actual pair of shears that fucking worked uh, and, and actually <laughs> took guess, hair off. I guess so. <laughs> oh, but yeah, that was because they didn't really get much hair at all, at all. Uh, Not much at all. It was just wasn't coming off at all. Yeah. You know, and then Beefcake comes out and out of nowhere. And I remember, I remember thinking, I'm like, what the fuck is Beefcake there? Right. Because I, I, I had actually missed that yeah. little angle. Yeah, they uh, did an TV. angle where yeah. um, Adonis was cutting hair in, in the weeks leading and, up. And, and accidentally, yeah. that's also a Beefcake's hair. Yeah, accidentally cut off because it was a six-man tag with Adonis yeah. and the Dream Team. Yeah, because yeah, I'd seen, like, obviously, uh, the Dream Team left Beefcake behind. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, with Bravo and Valentine. Yeah. So I'm like, okay, that's going to be, he's going to be a good guy now, apparently. But him running out to help Piper, I was like, what the fuck is this about? Right. Cause yeah. I didn't, I didn't see the TV. Yeah. If you had seen that, it wouldn't have made sense, but I had seen the TV, so I didn't yeah. understand the connection. It was cool how they, they connected that. And which, if you think about it also gave beefcake the gimmick that, really was huge for him. I mean, the barber is one of the dumbest gimmicks of all time, but um, one of the dumbest gimmicks of all time that was really successful. Really successful. I was a huge barber fan, (laughs) I'll I'll admit. Uh, Really? Yeah. Well, I was always nine, ten years old. You know, who likes going to the barber? I know, but I I like just his... (laughs) His attire, especially, I loved his. Really? Yeah. Mm. I, 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 I don't know. I just, I dug. You like fishnet? I did. I thought it was mm. super cool. I thought it was like the height of fashion at that time. How'd you <laughs> do? I see him at my faithful barber man. <laughs> it's like Frankenfurter. Yeah. With moose. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah, no, it's it's awful. But well, as a kid, I, I thought Brutus uh, was cool for some reason. I, I can't lie. Um, You're an honest man. I'm sure. an honest Canadian man. So <laughs> here we go. Uh, now we come to a chapter has has ended basically. Um, yes, I think we uh, 
have another chapter to go, but I think this has been uh, yeah. quite the show. Yes, I think uh, we will save the next chapter for yet another part. Yes. Um, Which we will get back to also. We're not going to forget about that. Uh, Roddy Piper murdered uh, Quick Draw Rick McGraw. Oh, yeah, we did forget that. <laughs> oh, no, no, no. That's your teaser. Okay. Uh, we're that, not going to forget about that. That'll be the uh, the bonus. Uh, That's bitch. how he died, man. Yeah, we got to destroy I heard. <laughs> <laughs> Piper was a dirty murderer. Um, he murdered quick- on live. Back in the days before the internet, kids. <laughs> <laughs> There's this thing called word of mouth. <laughs> yeah yeah exactly so yeah on the next uh episode of titans of wrestling we will continue with piper but we will finish up some loose ends from what yes. we just talked about because i plain forgot to talk about that yeah. but you think about this you know what you go three shows on Roddy piper yes <laughs> yes he was that important exactly I mean, he was look at, that important. We've we've gone through this whole episode was just on his WWF run in the eighties. So we we have mm-hmm. a, a lot to cover. The next well, uh, Piper episode will be on you know this the not so fondly remembered uh, side of Roddy Piper's career. So yeah, once again, um, you know we've plugged along with a lot of Piper talk, yes. but but it, it's still we still have a lot more to come. Um, we have bad movies to talk about. We have hey, Hell Comes to Frog Town <laughs> is right up there with Citizen Kane, <laughs> Godfather Two, Castlevania. It, it's it's a masterpiece. Okay, I'll, I I haven't seen it, so I I take your word. well. If you had seen it on USA Up All Night on Acid, like I did, <laughs> ah. Yes, <laughs> that makes sense. Then it's a masterpiece. Um, maybe I'll, I'll drop acid in between shows here and watch Hell Comes to Frogtown. So we can. Uh, well, you... <laughs> yeah, make sure you're in a safe zone like I was at the time. <laughs> oh, maybe I'll just smoke a big joint. Uh, uh, that works too. Okay. Um, so yeah, we have bad... Roddy Piper versus Mutant Frogman. Yes. How can and with with, with uh, sex involved. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he he goes to Hollywood, and that was the first one that came out um, of yes. the studios, folks. But then we also get a honest to god classic. Yes, yes. Uh, his next effort, They Live, directed by John Car- Carpenter, is a really good movie, and with a lot of uh, really um, memorable moments in it. So yeah, and in a fight scene. Yeah, so memorable for the so ages <laughs> that South Park uh, did a uh, spoof of it uh, in an episode called Cripple Fight. Yes, uh, that when when you, when you when you have something that can be spoofed, uh, you've made it, uh, and, and it's a it's an amazing movie. Yeah. And we're gonna get into the uh, WWF uh, yeah. return, yeah, uh, WCW. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I, I was saying to Kelly as we were taking a break, um, you know, why would you do a sh- three shows on Rowdy Roddy Piper? Because he's Rowdy Roddy Piper. Yeah. He was the number two guy. Uh, you you want to mm-hmm. say, 
for Hulk Hogan in the eighties mm-hmm. was the number one hero, you had to have the number one villain. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and Rowdy Roddy Piper was, uh, that guy. And he was the most, um, the, the last guy you'd think of who was going to be like as huge as he was. And he deserves all this time and nobody gave it to him. But here in the Titans of wrestling, we, we know, we know what's going on. Oh yeah. No, we, we will give you the goods. Um, no, uh, stone will be left unturned in Roddy Piper's career. That's for sure. Um, Marty will probably be back from the, the land of the dead. Um, or wherever his marvelous hair has, has led him to. Yes. Um, oh. We'll resuscitate young Marty. No, I've I, I, I sent him to central states until he can fucking earn his keep. <laughs> yeah, he's got to work a few months in, in central states. He, he's got to work, work a few months with the bulldog. Yeah, to, yeah he's got to gotta... get back up to the main roster. Exactly. <laughs> but uh, when he returns... Um, He'll have a lot to talk about uh, the WCW years of Roddy Piper. Uh, that's for sure. That's when he first became a fan. So it'll be uh, we'll get a different perspective. On- that's like becoming a fan of Chicago uh, <laughs> during the, the when they did the song for Karate Kid too. <laughs> yeah, no, I, this was this one's going to be interesting because, like I said, it's it's often considered you know like Piper sort of takes a dive off uh, off a cliff here. Uh, I love I love Jefferson Airplane. We built the city on rock and roll, right? <laughs> uh, no. Uh, no. Uh. Well, in Titans of Wrestling, we, we cover the, the obscure, uh, less talked about areas of wrestling. Mm-hmm. So this will be no different than that. Um, all right, Johnny. Uh, it's been a blast as you. Always a pleasure, my friend. And... Yes, uh, actually, the next Titans that'll drop may be a 1982 show. Uh, oh shit! What? <laughs> just throwing out that, uh, throwing that out there. Not sure. Uh, do, do I, if I have to watch this footage a third time <laughs> to be ready for this show, I'm yeah. going to fly over to London, <laughs> kill Parv, and fuck his corpse. And uh, <laughs> that's a promise. God damn it. Well, you know, you, you can't have enough. I, I can only watch so much Strongbow. <laughs> can I ever have enough Strongbow brothers? I mean, no, no, no. I can only watch. I can only look at Jules Strongbow's uh, fucking head <laughs> so many times without losing my mind. <laughs> so yeah, he's he's so ugly. Hello, Kitty. Say goodbye. <laughs> oh Jesus. Yeah, so next time it'll be either uh, 1982 Titans or part three of the Roddy Piper tribute. Good night, everybody. I've had a lot of calls. A lot of people have been talking to me on the streets of the New York City area. In a return from the Meadowlands, Jimmy Superfly Snooker to meet this gentleman, my guest at this time, the host of Piper's Pit. Hot. Rowdy, Rowdy Piper. I you think you're going to have your... Rod. Hot Rod. Can I call you that? You can call me Hot Rod. Do your friends call you Hot Rod? <laughs> Only the ladies. You know, the Jimmy Snooker had the nerve to say to me, I want to give this guy a piece of my mind. <laughs> Are you ribbing? What would I do with a piece of your mind? What? Dribble around, use it for a basketball? First of all, it's just a tiny little piece. Anyway, <laughs> I mean, what's left after the middle is, let's face facts. <laughs> what is it like... To wake up knowing that you got to face Roddy Piper in the garden in front of all kinds.
behind the millions of people. What is it like? I don't need to stand still for nothing. That's what they said to me all my life. Piper, just stand still for it. No, no, never. Oh, not me, no. No, not me, man. No, me, me. I go in there and I get the job done. You see, Jimmy here is taking his last leg. I mean, the guy, the guy is hobbling in on one step. The guy's on one foot, ain't got nothing left. He's going strictly on pure guts. Sure, I'll give you this, you got guts. You got guts, but man, when you're sitting there and you wake up in the morning and your head's wide open, your head's wide open and all you see is a picture of R.P. Hot Rod. Ladies and gentlemen, stay tuned. We're going to be right back after this. Ah!